Welcome everyone to podcast episode number 60 of Calling the Power Ring. I'm your co-host and your good friend, hopefully. Nope. Matt Turner with me as always, my good friend, definitely. Tag partner, co- other co-host, the American <laughs> badass himself, Andy Hatter. Undertaker, that's what I immediately thought of. <laughs> the Limp Bizkit theme that I hate. And then his other one that I also hate. The, you know, like rolling, rolling, rolling. Oh god, no. And the Dead Man Walking one, I thought that one was terrible too. And that was like custom yeah. music. And then there was... Uh, oh, Kid Rock. The, the Mer- yeah, American Badass. That one was that okay. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah, it was okay, but I'd rather listen to Sad But True. Yeah. Was, that's what it was, wasn't it? Yeah, but they just took the the guitar track and they rapped over it, which I'm like, ugh. I was never a big Kid Rock fan either. And he's A-OK. I do like the fact that he does sell tickets at Walmart for like 5 10 bucks for his concerts. Really? Not like, he said, yeah, that's what he did. He said he wants to make all of his concerts affordable, so he sells them at Walmart. And then I guess they said like the week before the show, whatever tickets aren't sold, he does it for half off. So it's like, you can get a ticket for 10 bucks, like, for like the cheap seats. Oh. And it's the week of the show, and he, has all the, he takes all the tickets to local Walmart, and then he cuts them all in half. Oh, I had no idea. Want, yeah. Yep, so, you know, good Samaritan on him, so. Yeah. I think, if you like I think seeing cool Kid Rock, <laughs> I don't think yeah. I'd go see him for $10. But uh, I think that's really cool, considering the fact that I am somebody that goes to a lot of concerts. Yeah, and, and they ain't cheap. Super expensive. Yeah, super expensive. So how are we doing on this beautiful Friday? Oh, pretty good. Not bad today at all. Not really doing too much. Catch up on some comics. <laughs> but there's always yeah, comics to read. There's I always have a pile. Yeah, yeah, and I didn't, even, I didn't even get this week, so I'll be talking about ones from last week. So I got this week's to get, and I gotta go before the beach. I have to go down because if I don't go down next week, I can't go down oh the week at the beach. So that we three weeks, so I, I can't. I gotta go down next week sometime. There goes your paycheck. <laughs> yeah, right. If only, if only the shop was a little bit closer, you know, and it wasn't forty-five minutes to get there. Yeah, that's thanks for you. That yeah. you're, my, like I said, my shop's like right on my route, so it's nice. So. Yeah, you can stop right by. Like them people, are like, oh, I live like 10 minutes from those couple store. Like, that's awesome. I'd be there every Wednesday. Yeah, I did read. I had nine books on my list from this past week. I did read them all as I was off a couple days, not for good reason. Um, I'm sure you know, and probably a lot of our listeners know, I lost my grandmother on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was, I was very close. Very close with uh, with with, with uh, you know both my grandparents, with my grandfather, uh, you know my mom's like she he's still around, thank God he's he'll live till he's 110. He's just he's a machine, but they're the typical st- uh, you know typical um, Italian family. Like you know we would go over there on Sundays and you'd eat until you'd like literally pass out. <laughs> Even to this day, I would go over there on Sundays to see them. My grandfather would always give me some sort of food. I probably literally have about 15 cans of olives downstairs <laughs> in my basement because he's all, he knows I like olives. He's always take these olives. Grandpa, I, yeah, he's like, I'm like, I don't, I, you know, I, you know, I'm 37. I don't, I don't need food. But it was, you know, I was able to be. I, I had my hands in so many things. I was able to kind of keep myself distracted. Yeah. Uh, for example, you know, for example, you know, full disclosure, my my mom was texting me and my sister like, you know, minute to minute updates and what happened with. She had a series of heart attacks and a stroke and she got put in the hospital. So last Friday, about 15 minutes before we were set to record, she sent a text message to me and my sister saying, hospice called and said, get up there as soon as possible. So I figured out oh, that, you know, obviously that, that can't be good. And, you know, I was contemplating, do I do we do the podcast, don't I? How am I going to be? And then hour and a half went by, we got done. And, you know, I looked at my phone and there wasn't any updates. And about 20 minutes later, my sister texted me and said, how are you? distracting yourself from all this and I said I literally just got done talking to one of my best friends you know on my podcast for about you know an hour and a half about wrestling and comics so it's like 
kind of just kind of keep keep on keeping on. And, yeah. and you know, I was really lucky. You know, I'll, and I'm gonna off this tangent a little bit because I want to get something more positive. But I was really lucky, like when I found out, because you knew it was gonna happen. You just no matter when. Uh, Sunday morning, I was I couldn't sleep for some reason. Amber was like tossing and turning, so I was gonna get up. I think at five thirty to go to the gym. It was a couple minutes after five, and I thought, "Hey, the heck with it. I'm up. I'm gonna go to the gym." So I go on the treadmill and I'm doing my cardio. And I usually do about thirty-five minutes of cardio. And Amber texts me. She goes, "Are you okay?" I thought, "Well, maybe she must think that I'm mad at her because I kept her up." <laughs> yeah, fine. I just couldn't sleep. I'm at the gym. And then she goes. You have no idea, don't you? And I was like, like, how did she, you know? Then I'm looking at my phone. I'm like, I have no text messages from anybody. So I kind of put one on one together. But when I do my cardio, and I think I told you when I do my how I do my cardio is I go on YouTube and I have a whole bunch of different subfolders, and I have uh, video like five or six minute video of, of, of people made of clips of matches set to like really good music. Yeah. Like I have a Ring of Honor folder. I have an All Japan folder. I have a, a set folder for. Tanahashi, a seven one for Suzuki. Um, I even have one for comics. So I was, you know, I kind of put one and one together, and I thought, well, you know, I'm kind of glad it came from my wife instead of my mom. You know, that would soften the blow a little bit. Nope. I found out I was watching a clip video of Kawada versus Nakamura from the G1. I think it was oh three oh four. So this is like when. Before Nakamura was like cool Nakamura. Oh, okay, yeah, he just w- Nakamura. wearing the red tights and, and the kick pads. Yeah, yeah, he was wearing like the short, like the, like the Triple H tights. Oh, and wow. You can tell Kawada, yeah, you can tell Kawada's kind of on his way down, but still Nakamura was Kawada. So it's like a clip video of two of my favorite wrestlers of all time, and the song was Metallica's One. It's like oh, one of my nice. favorite, if not my favorite song of all time. So it was like, you knew it was going to happen. And not only that, but like, look at the place I was in, it was in the gym. So it's like, where am I going to blow up? And yeah, there you go. Scene, you know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah, Amber even told out. me, you know, they, she goes, oh, your aunt texted me at 6 o'clock this morning that it happened at 2.30. I'm like, I'm hearing things from my mom. I said, that's just really weird. She's like, why don't you come home? And I was like, I'm already at the gym. I said, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm clearly upset. I said, I'm kind of in my own world. I said, give me a half hour, 45 minutes, and I'll be home. So, like I said, I was, I, I was blessed. You know, 86 years old. Uh, she had four kids. It's a long life. Yeah, ten grandkids, seven great grandkids, wow. you know. So ten grandkids, yeah, 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 that's a lot, <laughs> you know. I think yeah. my family was like three, you know. So and all the great grand now two, um, let's see, five of the great grandkids were there, and nine of the grandkids were there, and I haven't seen majority of my cousins in a long, long time. I mean, you, you grow up, you get married, you have kids of your own, you get way, yeah. a lot of people. I mean, look at my brother. My brother made it, and he was. He lives in Wyoming, and my sister, you know, Ashley and Ryan, they made it in there in North Carolina. So he made the best out of a good situation. Mm-hmm. My buddy Jeff showed up, and, uh, and Brad, Brad showed up. Oh, wow. Showed up for, yeah, so that was nice. It was, a lot of, nice. it was a lot of support. So uh, thanks to everybody who sent their condolences. It was literally overwhelming. A lot of it, a lot of text messages and the phone calls from the boys from the rest of the That's community, what so. makes it much easier then, you know? Yeah, so that was good. So anywho, uh, but glad to be here. And uh, we got some comic talk. It's, it's, it's insane that we're a little more than halfway done with the G one. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. It's, it's flying by. Yeah. You think once it, someone it, gets like ten to twelve points, it's like, oh, we're near, we're near the end. Home stretch here. Yeah, I think. What, they, what did they say? They do. Kevin Kelly does a really good job with his homework. I think they said that the average point total to make it to the finals is like twelve and a half. Yeah, something like that. Well, it makes sense because you would, you know, to win enough matches. Not, not everyone's gonna you know, lose. I guess everyone can't. Like, well, you have like four points and get somehow get to the, the end, you know, finals. Now, obviously, we'll get to it towards the end when we do the G one wrap up. But I gotta ask you, as I mean, obviously, the performance not over. 
from the G ones that you've been watching over the last few years, where does this one rank up for you? Is this is it better than last year, or the year before? Or do you think it's just as good? Or again, like you know, we obviously have I think six or more nights left, but I I think last year was a little bit better. By that time, we had a ton of five star matches, and this 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 year we only really got a couple. Well, I think well, officially from Dave, I think we only got two. But uh, yeah, I mean, not, not that this year's battle, but I think last year was a little bit better. Maybe even the year before that. I agree with you. I think the last two years are a little bit better. I think, not that this year's bad by any means, I just think that the precedent is set so high. Kind of like they do with Wrestle Kingdom. Like, once Wrestle Kingdom 7 happened, like, that's the best Wrestle Kingdom. Like, they're never going to be able to beat that. Then 8, I'm not going to say it was better. I'm not going to say it was worse. It was just as good. And then nine came, like oh nine was better than seven and eight. Then ten came, like ten's better than the best. And then eleven came, you know, with you had the co-main event was Tanahashi and Naito for the Intercontinental Bell, and then the main event was the uh, the, the first Okada Omega match. You're yeah. like, wow, these last three rests, seven and eight, set a precedent so high. You don't think anybody beat them? Nine beat them, ten beat them, and eleven beat them. And like twelve and thirteen happened, and and they were great shows. And like. Yeah, not, he's not the bar quite as so good. high. He's still got. I mean, to me, it's still an A, probably A plus tournament. But I don't think it's as good as the last two, maybe the last three. But then, like I said, then again, we still have a, a lot, lot of matches left. Yeah, this is true. Six days, I think. Something like yeah, that. It's like eighteen nights days. total, I think, but not counting the final. Yeah, we have four. Yeah, we have four shows. We're going to uh, between now and next week that we're going to do the picks for. And then we have the Block A final, Block B final, and whatever's on the last night. But I mean, it's still so, an enjoyable show. I mean, it's crazy. You're getting pay-per-view uh, quality shows every couple days. <laughs> yeah, for like eight bucks yeah. or eight. Yeah, was it? Like, it's like it's eight ninety-nine for the New Japan World or something like that. Yeah, something like so. So, um, well, like I said, we'll, we'll, I know we're kind of all over the place here. We'll, we'll get towards that towards the end. But I'm looking at the SummerSlam card, partner. Have you had a chance to see some pretty, I'm pretty excited for the SummerSlam card. It looks pretty good. A few matches. Uh, Charlotte versus Trish. That, that should be a cool one to watch. I'm interested in that. Uh, yeah. Lesnar and Seth Rollins, not so much. I kind of don't care. <laughs> um, where, 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 uh, is there not? Kofi, Kofi Orton, I pretty much don't care for. Yeah, that one. I, I don't know. I don't, I, I'm not a big fan of Randy Orton. Yeah, I was like, I, I, I thought originally that Kofi would drop the title at SummerSlam, but I'm like, eh, he's probably going to keep it and then maybe even keep the Survivor Series or lose it at a side pay per view coming up soon. But I don't know. I can't see him losing it to Randy Orton. It's not like a wave just crashed. <laughs> oh, the beast there was like, a, my, my bag of comics. Is kind of <laughs> I have a, I'm downstairs, I'm the only one home, so I'm downstairs in my living room. Okay. So just gone, yeah, I have just <laughs> fans on, it's a zillion degrees. Oh, so I can't hear them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I, I, don't want, I don't want all my papers to fly, so I'm yeah. not using it as a paperweight. So, you know, all three women's matches I'm really interested in. Uh, Trish, you know, since she's kind of come back, and then, you know, obviously she does shows here or there, they never really put her up against anybody, like, formable. Like, Charlotte is, I mean, the most formal person in there, and you know, she she's Trish is going to get a huge pop with one, she's back, and two, it's in her hometown. And, and she can still wrestle, you know, too, you know? Yeah, and I mean, it's just working Charlotte, so that'll be really good. Charlotte's a phenomenal heel. I'm really excited to see, I hope they don't uh, add Alexa Bliss to it, because I hate three ways, because they kind of teased it yeah. on SmackDown, well, but I really want to see Ember Moon and Bailey because I think those two have a lot to prove, because when you think of the women's division, you know, everybody thinks of uh, Becky and Alexa Bliss, 
and like you know Charlotte and so many other people were just like they're giving Ember Moon a shot here, which is good. She's yeah, really good. Yeah, which is good. She's she's terrific. And then they you have you know obviously Bailey still kind of uh, still trying to prove herself there, and then. Becky really needs to hit a home run because she really hasn't done anything impressive at all since after WrestleMania. No, no, she's really cooled off, and that whole putting her and Seth together didn't help at all. <laughs> if anything, it made it worse. <laughs> More so for yeah. Seth. Like he's looking like just the biggest geek around now. So it's like, oh, they even when Brock was beating him up on Raw. Have you seen that? Where he came and just beat the hell out of him? Like people are kind of chanting, saw- "You deserve it," <laughs> or "Thank you, Brock," yeah. and it's like, oh boy. I saw bits and pieces of where he gave the F5 an open chair that he like put through him on a stretcher or something. Yeah, then they took him away an ambulance and Brock stopped the ambulance and burned back out and beat him up again. <laughs> Which is pretty cool, but I'm like, man, it's Seth does not look cool at all. He looks so uncool. Like he's just hey, there's there's your your face world champion that you just don't like at all. And the whole putting him with Becky thing, I don't know, it's just like ugh. But the best thing is that they, I think he's a better heel anyway. But they could do it, let's say he loses the belt to Brock, not that I want Brock to win the title. But then the next Brock, night... Brock, Brock has the belt. Oh, yeah, that's right. I thought, what else does Seth have? Remember he oh. three rules and cashed in? Oh, that's right. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought Seth still had it. And that shows you You're how much I remember about WWE. Anyway, so let's say he doesn't win this match. And uh, Seth comes out and Raw. I think you blame it on all the fans. You, you're the reason I didn't win because you weren't behind me. And you're just jealous I'm dating Becky. And they have Becky come out and turn on him. Actually, not Becky don't turn on him. He turns on Becky somehow, and then they put him like a new, uh, a hated girl with him. Kind of like when Sherry took uh, Miss Elizabeth's place with Macho Man. They need to do something like that. Uh, put, put Lacey uh, Evans with him. <laughs> this is my I new think- girlfriend. She's better than you. Yeah, go back to what I was saying about Becky. She's at SummerSlam. She's got she's wrestling with probably the most uh, natty. You know, yeah, yeah. She's wrestling a girl that you know, a person that you're not. You may not have a match of the year with, but you're never gonna have a bad match with. Like the most successful, consistent, the most consistent performer in the last like, amount of years. And I always give Natty credit. She was really the one that bridged the whole diva thing to uh, you know back to you know, straight women. You know, wrestling that can actually steal the show. I think she's like she's the she's the backbone of, of of that division. So those three matches I'm looking forward to. I'm looking if, if they can make it an actual match. I'm real. I'm looking. You know, I'm gonna disagree with you. I'm looking forward to Brock and Seth. If it was just an attraction match, I'd be fine with it. But like just him with the championship, it's such a joke. Yeah, and I like I I want somebody else with the universal title. Just not not Seth, not Brock. Somebody else. And anybody else almost but not not like Jinder Mahal don't go that but like uh, I don't know Daniel Bryan I know he's not well who cares who was on Raw and Smackdown anymore but somebody like that or, or Drew McIntyre I think he'd be a great champion I agree I agree now speaking of Daniel Bryan he, the rumor has it is him and Roman at SummerSlam which is weird because they're kind of building the last two weeks to Joe and Roman yeah and then they, but I mean, they've wrestled before, uh, Joe and Roman. I also Daniel Bryan and Roman about two years ago. But apparently they said he might be behind the, uh, the attempted murder of Roman Reigns on SmackDown where someone tried to push up the box off the scaffold on him or whatever. Great acting. Yeah. Great oh. acting. And we, we didn't know this was happening. We have five camera angles of it, but we didn't know it was happening. So come on. You know? At least when they did that last... thing with what, uh, Bobby Lashley and Braun Strowman, like when they went through the wall, there was only that really one camera shot. So it's like, oh, so it made it feel a little bit more real. When you have five camera shots, you're like, oh, okay. What was weird is I was watching it the next day on my DVR, and uh, Kofi pinned AJ. So I'm like, okay, you have the U.S. champion versus the heavyweight champion. So that's got to be your end segment, right? Mm-hmm. And it was a really, really good match. So 
all of a sudden they show Roman backstage and my DVR says one minute left and I was like what are they gonna like you figured okay have Kofi you know right with the belt and then New Day celebrating and then you know that's the end of your your show right what, what more can you do I'm like what are they showing Roman there's one minute left and then all of a sudden it just got really weird and it was just like that thing almost hit him and then I was like, I had to rewind it. I'm like, did I just see what I just saw? <laughs> like, it was, it was, it was just weird. Yeah, I don't know. Some some storylines that come up anymore. I'm like, ah, uh, I don't know about this. And then you, you hear like, oh, Vince rewrote SmackDown right before. It. Like, well, what was the SmackDown like before this? Because this one wasn't that great. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see that uh, that unwritten SmackDown, that first SmackDown. I don't know. Blu-ray extra. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Can, can we see the alternate uh, SmackDown storyline? It's it's. Oh, it's hard to watch Raw and SmackDown, especially when the G1's going on. Like, I watch this really good wrestling, and then you need to try it. Not that anyone's, you know, not good wrestlers in WWE, but just the booking sometimes the story is just like, oh, this is awful. Yeah, well, then you get, you know, going back to the SummerSlam card real quick, um, I guess they're doing Mass vs. Hair, Andrade, and Ray. Yeah, I don't that think they officially good. announced it yet. That should be a good match either way, even without the stipulation. And then it looks like I know uh, Holly. Nakamura on SmackDown about four minutes, and like the best four minute match you'll ever see. So they're probably gonna do Ali and Nakamura for the Intercontinental Title, which I'm all for. And then they're doing Bray Wyatt and Finn Balor, which I think we should use to get uh, Finn off TV and get Bray over, which I have no problem with. Yeah, especially with the new character, you know, should be pretty good. And then AJ Ricochet, because Ricochet won that uh, was a three way or four way to get the title shot. Yep. And then Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon, which should be fun. And even you know, talking about Kevin Owens. He had a 26 minutes, a 26 minute segment to, to, to open up SmackDown. He had his promo, his match with Drew McIntyre, and then did an angle afterwards. And I was like, wow. Yeah, I mean, they're really trying to, they're trying to get him over and good on it. Good yeah, on it. yeah, definitely. I mean, he's a, he's a great wrestler and he's can cut a good promo. So why not use him? Like, there's another guy who could be champion. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. But SmackDown looks good now. On the NXT side, I'm a little bit behind on that. I know they're doing Gargano. And Adam Cole again, which I have no problem. Two out of three falls, and I guess they get to put the stipulation to. Um, yeah, I think uh, Gargano picked the no holds barred for first one, and then Adam Cole picks pro wrestling match, <laughs> where if he can beat him in the, the way to get the third fall is if he can beat him in a straight match, and then apparently if it goes to the third fall, which it, it spoiler it will, uh, Steve Regal gets to pick it, or William Regal gets to pick it. Man. Yeah, so that's that's kind of cool. Uh, Takeovers are gonna be a good show. What else is on the card? You know? It's, uh, what, Velveteen Dream versus Pete Dunne versus someone else in a three-way. Uh, Shannon Baszler versus, um, not EO. Um, it's EO versus Candice LeRae, so that should be really good. Shannon versus, um, Miyim. Oh, really? Yeah, so there's two women's matches, and then I think there's a tag title match, too, which is weird because the Speed Profits have been on Raw, and SmackDown just kind of like hanging around in the back. Yeah, good way to get them over, get some light on over in NXT. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that main event should be great. I forget so, the I, other match, though. I think it's a tag title match, but I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. So I gotta take two seconds to put over my boys, uh, Shane and Jeff, over at an honorable mention. This, their episode, they, I mean, they always do a great job with their shows. Your episode this week is uh, it's about a three hour, it's very timely. It's a three uh, three hour review on Kempton's time in the Ring of Honor. Oh, nice. Yeah, it, that's that's some really good stuff. And I, I actually cut a quick promo for it. Um, which is which is timely because I had a lot of people over the past five or six months ask me what wrestler I bet had the best run in Ring of Honor. I'm like, even though Morrison was the champion, did a good job with the belt. I'm like, to me, it was Kenta. I mean, the best match that I've ever seen in Ring of Honor was him and uh, Brian Danielson from uh, Hammerstein Ballroom, where 
uh, his shoulder was, was was a mess. Danielson's shoulder was really, really bad. And they didn't shy away from it. I remember when they were, they were kind of talking about putting the match together. I remember that, you know, Brian was there. Now, I wasn't at the show, but I, I think I was at training, like, the day before, the week before, the week before that. And he was saying, well, everybody knows my shoulder hurts. I'm going to keep kicking it. Yeah. And he shared and he, yeah, uh, I'm he sure did. he did, so yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. And then he, the tag match that I seen in Philly when uh, they brought over Missawall. I forget who the combination was. Missawall, uh, Kenta, and um, Marafuji. And, and some and was Morishima in that too? Yeah. It was, was it Morishima and Marafuji? Okay. Versus, yeah, there was Marafuji and Misawa versus Kenta and uh, Morishima. And then the next night in New York was probably Misawa's last really, really good match. And you can kind of tell it was Kenta kind of carrying it. was uh, Kenta and Misawa for the... Uh, GHC heavyweight title and that was the time when the GHC heavyweight title was like almost as big as like what the New Japan was at night like, you can make an argument that it was the, the most important bell in all of pro wrestling yeah. I mean that's when Noah was, was absolutely yeah, on right fire Ring of Honor has always done timely partnering up with the, with the places that are on fire when Noah was on fire like 04, 05, 06 they had partnership with Noah they had Kenta, Marifuji, Kobashi came in Masao, Morishima and then Right around that time, they when Dragon Gate was real hot, they brought Dragon Gate in. Yeah, a bunch of people. New Japan, yeah, and then when New Japan got really hot, they still have that working relationship with New Japan, which you know we all think is yeah. slowly going away. Yeah, I, yeah, because man, they, they didn't even, like New Japan has not mentioned ROH at all during the G One when Jeff Cobb wrestles, not once. And the same with like Juice. Well, I think Juice was on loan from New Japan anyway, so he's just like I ain't doing ROH no more. So it's like yeah, it ain't, it ain't looking good for that partnership. No, from what I understand, I could be wrong. Is when they did the whole nightbug thing, they wanted Juice to be the leader, and the whole thing. And this has been my problem with Ring of Honor. It's not like the Ring of Honor that that I, you know, obviously was trained in and grew up loving, and you know the style that I that I've been taught. So Juice's whole thing was, you know, I'm working here to bring the honor back to Ring of Honor. I'm like, okay, great, here we go. And then the whole thing with the garden happened. He's like, yeah, man, I'm not going back because he was only going to do a couple shots for. New Japan with the G1, but he was going to stay in the States to help build. Yeah. Almost to be like an excursion, but a bigger name on excursion. Then when he was done, you know, I, I mean, if it was smart by Juice, I think it would have been a win-win in all situations. Juice, New Japan, and Ring of Honor because, you know, he does the excursion. He's an American. He gets himself over big on American, you know, TV or, you know, the Honor Club thing. And then once they're done with them, then he goes back to New Japan and becomes a bigger star and then maybe takes the the Ring of Honor American fans some of them over with them yeah. drive the Honor Club so I thought that I thought it looked good on paper but you know from what I understand is is you know that the, the whole little fallout from happening at the Garden again I'm, I'm not you know just purely speculation has anyone nothing to do with it he said it wasn't going back yeah I think it, it, it was the fact with the whole end zone casting not so much that it was them but that they just didn't tell uh, New Japan that they were going to do that so that's why New Japan was really pissed because you know in Japan honor and respect is a huge deal so you kind of not tell them something like that, that they, you know, they're going to be a little more upset than maybe some Americans would be. I mean, it could have been anybody. It didn't have to necessarily be Enzo and Cass. I'm sure they weren't thrilled that it was them anyway. But, you know, that, that kind of, I don't know. And, and, and the whole, like, that whole show, everyone was like, yeah, New Japan's awesome. This is great. And then the ROH stuff, like, eh, eh. And especially with, you know, the allure and everything and Matt Taven win the title and Kelly Klein and you got your two weakest champions. You know, it's, it's, it's not good for ROH right now. Yeah, the ladder match was really good. And, and, you know, you can even say the the Jeff Cobb match was yeah. really good, but he had Osprey, Look. who's known as a New Japan guy. Yeah. Kind of like a New Japan guy versus a Ring of Honor guy. And I think another thing is, too, it took away the Girls of Destiny's win. 
you know, took away. Like they they win both the the Ring of Honor tag titles and the New Japan tag titles. And what I thought was a really solid four way, then nobody, you know, yeah, nobody stopped. Yeah, yeah, because they just the Enzo cast was like, ugh. And did GOD still have the ROH tag titles? They lost they to, lose them, at, to the Briscoes. Manhattan Mayhem a couple okay. weeks ago where they did not. They only sold out like half the building. Oh, okay, that's right. Movie. It was real hot. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I saw clips of that. And I have Honor Club. I thought it was like a special, like you could pay an extra 10 bucks to get the show, but it's not. It's already up there on Honor Club. Maybe no, I'll watch cool. this weekend. Yeah. So um, I might have to watch. I might have to have to watch it. Now they're doing, they're doing some show at the end of the summer where they're going to blow off the field in the ladder match. So you know that's going to be violent. Oh, my Briscoes. God, yeah. So. The Briscoe's ladder match will be crazy. But it's almost like it, it's been done so many times at ROH. Like, not that I want to see them never wrestle there again, but man, they need, uh, they, they've done all they can do, really. Unless Mark wins the world title, that's really the only thing they can do in ROH, you know? Yeah. You know, they're loyalists. Yeah, they, 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 they talk about loyal. They definitely are. <laughs> yeah, sure. Let's get into uh, let's get into some comic talk, sir. Okay. Well, I've seen this. Did, uh, Marvel's going to do a midnight release of Absolute Carnage number one, which uh, my store doesn't. I think they did one midnight release and it didn't. It wasn't really profitable for them to do. I don't know if, yeah, yeah, if your shop does. Just wait to the, um, I don't think so. Just wait to the next day. I mean, uh, it, it's, I know Donnie Cates is on it, but like, yeah, that's not that big. Yeah. Like, Carn- Carnage hasn't appeared in any of the movies. Really, none of the huge multimedia. He, uh, he's not. He was. I'm assuming because Venom wasn't. He wasn't in the Spider-Man PS4 video game that came out a few months ago, was it? Uh, no, he wasn't. No, I'm still... I mean, I Venom wasn't even in it. Time. Yeah, so... That, that, that's everyone was saying probably the second game Venom will be in it. Maybe push Carnage to the third. But yeah, they, they say at, at the stated... Uh, what did they say? The midnight release and has stated the first two printings of the to-be-released debut issue have already sold out. Now, I don't know how that could be. <laughs> I guess, like, okay, uh... The shop said they're gonna order ten copies and all ten of them are tentatively sold. I, I don't know how that really works, but... It should be a hot book, especially because Donny Kate's on it, and it's a uh, you know, it's hot writer right now. But yeah, to to get up at mid well, to go at midnight and stay up and then drive back and nah, I just get the next time in there. <laughs> no big deal. It's not like they did it when New Fifty Two came out, but that was like you're getting a couple issues, so that was a bigger deal. Even I didn't go to the midnight release of that, but you know, I don't know midnight release for uh, comic books. It's kind of kind of dumb in my opinion. Like not needed. I know that my. Oh, Midtown Comics did a midnight release off of DC Rebirth. My shop went, bought a whole bunch of Midtown variants, and sold them at their shop. But they only sold like a two dollar markup, so I think they got like an eight dollar book. Yeah. They only sold like ten. Not too bad. Which I mean, think about—they drove all that way just for you know. I, yeah. I don't know how probable it was, but like that shop, I think they just like to do just do things, just to do things, just to, just because their because their customer service level is like so high. Yeah, and like, the, and just say, hey, look at what we're saying. You know, we got all these New York variants, so... I mean, it's cool. Yeah, I don't know. Was it worth it in the long run? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, well, who knows? Yeah, but the midnight release of uh, Absolute Carnage, number one, if you want it. It doesn't even say when it's coming out. I guess next month. When is it? Uh, That's a good question, because I've read all my books this past week, and they, there's a lot of ads for Absolute Carnage, number two. I'm like, oh, number one come out? Yeah. I don't even remember it. August so, 7th. Uh, so, okay. next Wednesday, it's coming out. And so if your shop's going to do it, you can get there August 6th at midnight and pick it up and then read it in the parking lot and drive home and go to bed if you're, if you're a huge Carnage <laughs> fan. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's a little bit different in a video game because, you know, a comic you can get done reading in, in, yeah, at the max, let's say, 15 minutes, you know, unless it's a real big one. So, I mean, a video game you get, you can play and play and play, but 
I don't know. If I had owned a comic book store, I'd be like, nah, we're not going to do the midnight release. Have you ever done the midnight release for a video game? I, yeah, a couple I have, yeah. But usually when I was off the next day, if I'm working the next day, I'm like, I was picking up after work because I'm going to go to bed and, you know. I did it for God of War Ascension, and I think the last God of War, and I think the reason why is because I knew it would take like three hours to load, so I would oh, just come okay. home, put it in my PlayStation, put it on sleep mode, and then play, you know, I'll just go to gym, go to work, come home, and then, you know, <laughs> about 18 hours later, play about 15 minutes of it, so. <laughs> Speaking of video games, sir, me and Miss Lily are knocking down Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Mm, cool. Well, how far did you get? We just beat the Kingpin. Oh wow! I didn't. I didn't. Wait, did that? Yeah, I, I. I beat the Kingpin. I forgot about the Kingpin fight. Uh, I thought it looked good. He has one of the soul gems, but he doesn't have a. Uh, he doesn't have these. Yeah, he has a different gem, something else. Which, gem. Yeah, which leads to the uh, isotopes you get to equip later on. I, I like right after that. But yeah, that was, that was a fun fight. So you got Luke Cage and Daredevil and um, Iron Fist. Yep, we got a lot of people. What happened was we, the team that we, we, we keep switching teams, we were fighting Doc Ock, the two part, for the part we had to fight Doc Ock twice. Yeah, and you have to like, then like beat up his legs and then he like reels back and then you go in and fight him, yeah. We figured, well, let's be a Spider-Man team because he's a Spider-Man build. So we're Spider-Man, Spider-Gwen, Miles, and Venom. Okay. And we, you get the we Web Warriors the bonus. Time. Yeah, but yeah, the Web Warriors. We beat him the first time, couldn't beat him the second. So we had two or three tries at, so let's try the Avengers. So we were Hulk, Iron Man, Thor, and Cap, and we could have beat him with them. Well, that's weird. So then it was like, well, I know Heather told me Scarlet Witch is really good, so we'll be Scarlet Witch. And, okay, Wolverine's here, and Lily was good as Wolverine the second one, because he can kind of regenerate his power. And Hulk seemed pretty good, because, like, he just gets there and he just smashes things, so let the computer be Hulk. And then we just picked a random, like, ah, Captain Marvel. So it was just like that random team we put together, and we beat, we, it took us three times, with different teams, it only took us one time to beat the two Doc Ock, and then we, we've been rolling ever since with that team. Oh, so wow. Lily is, yeah, Lily's Wolverine. We let the computer beat Hulk because, um, and Hulk doesn't. Hulk can take a lot of damage, and his bar really doesn't go down. The same thing with Captain Marvel, and then I'm kind of just like Scarlet Witch, but I think we're leveled up to like twelve or thirteen. Oh, okay, I'm somewhere around twenty three or twenty four. I haven't played a whole lot. But I, I got to the X-Men level, and spoiler, you get Nightcrawler and Storm. Well, I didn't get Storm yet, but Nightcrawler, and somebody else I won't spoil, because Nightcrawler's on the cover of the box, so. But I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. But then you fight the Sentinels, so, shocker. But that's pretty cool. I tried to make an X-Men team, but um, there's only three X-Men, because Scarlet Witch doesn't count. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know. There's, there's Wolverine, Nightcrawler, the secret character, and I didn't get Storm yet, so like, I can't make the X-Men. So I just used Spider-Gwen still, because she's pretty good. But the game, the game's uh, fun. There's a lot of uh, stuff with like the leveling up. Like you can go play them Infinity Rifts then to like, try and level characters up. But it seems that everyone levels at the same time. So like if you're level 24 and you bring in a guy you didn't use, like let's say oh you never used uh, Venom and he's level six, he kind of levels up the same pace as the new people. And it's like ah oh, this sucks. Usually in RPGs you bring in a low level character and you go to a high level area and they level up really fast and get at least caught up to you know your high characters. But this one is kind of. Not so much, because this wasn't made by the same people as 1 and 2. It was made by like a Ninja Theory, who did the Ninja Guiding game. So there's more of an arcade action thing going on here. But I mean, I still like this game, but it's like it's not quite as good as 1 and 2. I mean, the graphics are awesome, the story's, story's cool, and uh, you know, it's cool, all the different characters. But like, the leveling up, I don't really care for. And the gameplay's fun, but just the, the RPG elements are very, very light. Camera angles all yeah, the camera angle uh, that's always getting caught. You'll get caught in a door or something. 
They didn't, they didn't fix that. I mean, that one's bad in the other ones, but yeah. The camera oftentimes, like, you'll walk in a corner and then you're trying to get out and the camera's stuck and then you, your character's moving and you're thinking you're running their way. It's like, ugh. And I it gets pretty hard, too. There's like, uh, there's some spikes in difficulty, which are like, wait, why is this so hard? I actually turned it down to easy, especially for the Sentinel part. I'm like, this is way too hard. And that Doc Ock fight was hard, too. And I almost used the same team. Mine was Spider-Gwen, Captain Marvel, Wolverine, and Scarlet Witch. The Scarlet Witch eventually gets a healing power, then. Oh, sweet. That'd be on must be pretty close. Must be pretty close. Yeah, but we're doing really well. It's really fun. We probably only play 20, 30 minutes at a clip. Uh, Lily's like, Lily won't be home for the next six days. Um, she's gonna be at her mom. Her mom can work from home, so. Oh. She has, uh, yeah, she, go, she goes back to school in three weeks, and I didn't realize until Amber was telling me that, you know, if she wants to stay over, you know, her mom's a little bit, you know, a couple extra times this week, extra days, she can just because we have uh, my nephew's birthday party, then I think we're going away for a couple of days, and then it's going to be back to school. So it's like, wow. So that's going to I think this might be the longest time that she's been, that I've been away from her since she's been born. Wow. So that's, be, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, it, won't be till, it won't be till Wednesday. I may have her work with me on Sunday. I just told her, so maybe I'll still have you drop her off for a couple hours and we can go check out, check out my grandfather. Um, you know, because obviously he's, you know, he's with my, with my grandmother for, been dating and marriage 70 years so obviously it's a you know it's, it's a pretty bumped out experience for him and then yeah. you know he's like really comes over so yeah you know maybe, maybe we'll do that but yeah really doesn't work with me on sunday it'll be the longest time that i've been away from oh, I love that. i've never gotten out of my we and amber married over seven years or we've yet to go and go on a honeymoon really so I just don't i, just, wow, I, I don't want to yeah i i know it was like we, we'll think about going then amber will stick a whole bunch of money in the mouths <laughs> Wow. Well, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of like, do you, you really have to? No, I mean, yeah, it's fun to go out and celebrate, but I mean, if you throw money in the house, it's not like you're blowing in booze and gambling, you know? How do you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe yeah, you put a bar and uh, the slot machine in the house. Yeah, there it is. Now I just gotta make sure I still got TNT for when you come over. Oh yeah, and, uh, yeah. Was, I just how about that? That is a loaded week. So in in one week, I mean, right? It's still the week of the twentieth. The twenty eighth. Yeah, yep. there'll be AEW's first show. Well, first uh, the Sunday we'll be watching New Japan live in ECW well, the day Arena. Be day before we'll be wrestling. Oh yeah, yeah. Day before wrestling. <laughs> so yeah, so there's wrestling Saturday and Sunday's New Japan show at the arena. Then I guess Monday and Tuesday will be Raw and SmackDown. And then Wednesday is the first ever AEW television show. And then uh, Thursday starts New York Comic Con, and the Joker movie comes out. So we'll probably see that Thursday or Friday, and probably something's happening that Sunday too. Hopefully, that's not pay per view. <laughs> but I think, it might I think be. Saturday there's a UFC show. No, oh, so wow. usually, yeah. I mean, obviously, I know usually there is. We're up there. I, I think that there is. I have to take a look. So we'll probably go to a bar somewhere. I know you last year you guys peed it out just a heck of a time. Yeah, we left uh, it, and then the best matches happened. <laughs> you, yeah, you left the best events. Yeah, and then I realized. That uh, I was the only person. Uh, I'm like, why is everybody cheering for Connor? Like he's kind of coming off as a heel. I'm like, oh, we're in an Irish. I think the bar around is the old valleys or something. Yeah, it was like the most <laughs> Irish bar ever. Oh my god! Just we've been here for four hours. I just figure out now I'm the only person. <laughs> and thank God, you just remember our seats were right by the door. Yeah. So as soon as Connor tapped out, the ride happened. Like, see ya. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> So, yeah, it'll be an interesting and fun, a fun weekend. I just, yesterday I checked, still, still no giant names on the guest list. Like, no. now nobody from the... The know, biggest like, one is year. probably Jim Starling. I mean, I think uh, George Perez announced that he's he's officially done with cons because he had one more date, but uh, my shop told me that he canceled. And I was like, oh, that sucks. Some con this weekend, I forget. Maybe down uh, somewhere in Maryland, I believe, or maybe D.C. But he canceled. They said, I'm done now. I was like, no, oh, man, come on. <laughs> yeah, 
that's terrible. Yeah. Man. I'm just so bad that you get a chance to meet him. Like I said, I think he's the nicest person I've ever met. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get anything signed. And yeah, I could buy a book signed by him, but you know, it's not the same. No, and the experience, the yeah. experience is, like I said, he's just, just a super, super nice guy. But yeah, Jim Starlin, I think, uh, you know, either Jim Starlin or Pee Wee Herman might be the biggest. <laughs> the big get. Uh, Pink Power Rangers there, too. What's her name? Uh, Amy Jo. Amy jo, yeah, she's there every year. But it all depends on what you're into. If you're a big Power Ranger. Yeah, then that's oh, a big deal for you, you know? Yeah, so that's basically, like last year they had Ruffalo, but they kind of announced him, I think, like 10 days before. Yeah, so there's still time to announce someone yet. I would think they'll probably get a big name. Maybe not, you know, Chris Helmsworth or something, but... You know, maybe like someone big from a show, like the, like the Supernatural guys or something like that. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see what happens. But if they don't, you know, just... Yeah, that, that's fine with me. More, yeah. money to, more money to spend on gear. Yeah, there you go. Uh, more money to spend on gear and protein supplements. Yeah. So, um, do you want to get into... I know you said you, really, you didn't read anything this past no, week. No, I, 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 a few things. A few things I got. Well, nothing from this past week. It will be two weeks because of uh, my trek to the stores every two weeks. So I'll start out with... Uh, the X Life Fields book, but that they were talking about on Knockbox uh, Heroes, the, the, the one that spoofs Tommy Farland, that he, or not Tommy Farland, sorry, Rob Liefeld, who he posted on on Twitter and said, uh, I, "There's only two books I won't sign that first appearance of uh, Mr. X or Doctor X. What, what's his name? Major X. Major X. Yeah, I forgot already. And because uh, someone drew him in there, he's like, I won't sign that, and I won't sign this X Life Fields book. Well, now that you talked about it, everyone went out and bought bought it because they're like, well, what is this? And it's a uh, it's like they spoof his art and they spoof everything, Tom McFarlane, and like it's his lesser known characters, and they're mad that Deadpool and Cable and Domino are getting all this attention in all these movies. So they their plan is to travel back in time and stop Todd from creating them. Or Todd, he was saying Todd, um, Rob Liefeld. <laughs> so it's kind of funny, right? and they all have like super '90s names like Blood Wolf and and like. Life stream that's Deadpool, and, and they all look almost exactly like Cable's name is Coax, Domino is Checker, so it's pretty funny. It's only a one shot, it's made by that Keen Spot Comics. They do a bunch of uh, spoof books, like I was saying before, how the, the shirt wouldn't do a spoof thing. Well, here's the X Force logo spoof totally. <laughs> and there was one called Dead Sonya, I didn't read that one. There's an ad in the back, but it ain't bad. Uh, overall, I, I give it a B. Plus. It's pretty funny if you like people making fun of Rob Liefeld, and he's also in the book. Even though they didn't ask him at all, and you like '90s art, it, it, it's a fun little get. And, I, and there's, there was a couple different covers. Like my shop had five different covers, so you know Rob didn't want anyone to know about the book. But when he posted on Twitter, he kind of helped the book out a lot. So that's X X Liefelds. It's called. I give that one a B plus. Moving on, Squirrel Girl 46, written by Ryan North and art by Derek Charm. Squirrel Girl and Rachel, who's the god Ratatascar, who's like the Asgardian god of chaos, stop the frost giants in Canada and save the whales who the frost giants have been eating, and then have an encounter with Loki. It was a pretty good book. Give that one a B plus. And Squirrel Girl ended with issue 50, so only four more issues of Squirrel Girl left. Silver Surfer Black. I wanted to drop this, but my shop threw this one in. And I didn't catch it. I this is issue two. Donny Cates writing, trade more and or trad more. I give it a C. And I, I I still don't like this art. I think it's bad. Silver Surfer. Fights the symbiote god Knoll or Knoll, I don't know how to pronounce it, on the symbiote planet, and then he gets help from a, an unlikely source, Eagle the Living Planet. It just, it was okay. I'm definitely dropping after this one. I know it's only six issues, but man, this art's just not. It's like all psychedelic. What, what, that, was, that, was that two or three? Part? Two. That's issue two. Okay. So I made it two out of six, and and now I want to tap on two out of six for that one. But hey, if you like it, yeah, more power to you. Uh, House of X one. 
the Jonathan Hickman, obviously Powers of X came out this week, and Pepe Larraz on art. I, I didn't I didn't care too much for this. Xavier is back and using the mutant island Krakoa to build his own nation and like can teleport with flowers and stuff like that. I really had no idea what was going on for most of the book. It's kind of it kind of felt like this is a book on issue five or six, and I'm just jumping in now, going, "What? I don't. Where, where are we at here?" Um, now I will I will interrupt you. My comic shop told me last week when I went to pick it up, they said it, it, this is going to be an A plus. It feels like what he did when he did Avengers: New Avengers when he introduced the Black Order. He had two books, Avengers: New mm-hmm. Avengers, but you kind of had to read them back to back, and then once you got to about like five or six issues, like so, it'd be ten or twelve between the two. Yeah. It, came together to blow your mind I had the omnibus it's phenomenal and he kind of did the same thing about five or six years ago with the FF Fantastic Four book that he did as well so uh, and then the Power of the X book came out this week I'll get into that but yeah I, I, I would I mean I know you're a big X-Men fan you're probably a big Hickman fan and I was the same way I'm like I don't really care for this but this does feel like when he started his Avengers run about five years really? ago so Which, I'm it's like, not me, is, that the, is that the way to start the book though like ugh you know? I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not in a position to tell John his job. Yeah. I'm just telling you. Know, I didn't mean to interrupt. But I'm just telling you, kind of like what I was told. I'm like, I definitely feel that Avengers New Avengers vibe. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like I, I still want to get all these just to see what's going on. House of X and Powers of X. So I'm not. I'm not dropping by any means. But man, I only gave it a C because I'm like, wait, how's Professor X back? I'm like, wait, why is Mike Magneto there? How did these people get there? Why are they there? And I was like, why is the Fantastic Four? Here? Yeah. And I was like, is that because he wrote Fantastic Four? Is that why the Fantastic Four is going to fight Sabretooth? Why did the Cyclops let them take? Sabretooth. I'm like, it's kind of more questions than answers, which I guess you kind of want some questions, but I, sure. if, if there was a little, like, page of setup, like, it, it, Professor Xavier is back. If it was just uh, two paragraphs of just, type, like, written words, you know, explain what's going on, like, I don't know, I was, I felt lost. Almost, not as bad as Green Lantern, but kind of on that same vibe, I'm like, <laughs> what, what is going on? So, I only give that one a C, but the art's very good. So, and we'll see when I read Powers of X next week. But I'm going to read the whole thing, so maybe the extra issues will get better. So I'll move on. Fearless number one, I thought this one was just okay as well. There's three stories in it. One's like Captain Marvel, Invisible Woman, and Storm all together. Then there's Amelia the Marvel story, who's one of Marvel's characters from, I think, oh, I think even before they were Marvel Comics. And Yeah, that's when they were timely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that story wasn't bad. It's basically models taking pictures, and there's like a jealous one and stuff. I don't think I would get that monthly, but it wasn't bad in here. And then the final story is the shortest story, but it's the best one written by Kelly Thompson. And it's uh, Elsa Bloodstone and Jessica Jones. And I want to spoil it, but she's having a bunch of problems with a bunch of their Marvel girls. And then you find out why. Like, I want to read more of this. And the first story was like Captain Marvel and Sue Storm. And uh, Storm, and they're going to uh, speak at some camp for girls. But like they're like, superheroes are never late. They're always on time. And then they're always doing something else. So it wasn't bad. I, I, but I only give it a C. I know this is only six issues. I don't know how far I'm going to go on it. If uh, Kelly Thompson wrote all of them, <laughs> then I'd definitely get it. But... The other two stories I really didn't care for. I mean, it's cool to see Millie the Model. It's like, what a, what a deep cut. Who's next? Uh, uh, what's his name? Rawhide Kid or whatever. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, j- just the C for Fearless Issue 1. And then my last one, probably the, my favorite book that I read of the uh, last two weeks, was Valkyrie. And Jason Aaron, of course, and Al Ewan teaming up to write it. And some guy named Cafu on art. Just Cafu is the name. Sounds like cat food, but C-A-F-U. But the art's really good. Not um, even wrote great art. Jane Foster is starting to learn her ways as the, as the Valkyrie or a Valkyrie, and then a group of thugs steal some Asgardian items, and she recovers them all except for the former sword or the sword of the former Valkyrie, Broomhild. And then uh, you find out at the end, it turns out Bullseye has it. So I was like, oh, they set up the big heel for that book. I thought that was a uh, very good, and I gave it an A. 
I love it. I think I mentioned it last week or the week before whenever I read Valkyrie. I love the interaction with her and Heimdall where Heimdall oh, yeah. is like, you have all these powers. You have like some of my powers. You have and a little like, bit of everybody's powers from Asgard. And then it's like, wait, what? So I was like, oh man, like they, this is going to be great. But I think it's only going to be a matter of time before Jason Aaron's office book gets really out of you. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like probably, maybe not even issue three would just be all out of you. But I mean, they, I, they, they can I, hold it. I, if from what I understand, Al Ewing is knocking you out of the park with his Hulk run. Yeah, that's everyone says that's fantastic. My one friend loves it, Mortal Hulk. I didn't read an issue of it, so I can't say anything about it. But I, I heard it's really good. He was writing that one book. Um, it was like an Avengers book, but it was like Captain Marvel in space with a bunch of uh, uh, B-side Avengers. I forget what it was called. It wasn't bad, but it was really wordy. Um, mm. Oh, jeez. It was out like two or three years ago. And I was like, I know he did. A, I know he did a lot of the original synth stuff that we're talking about. Like there was no, the no. It was after stuff. that. It was um, jeez. When, when you uh when you your first comic, I'm gonna go pull it out just to go get it, and I'll, I'll get the title of it. But it wasn't bad. The art was awesome because John Boy Myers did the art. I forget the uh -huh. name. There's something like like Champions, but it was all like adult heroes. Anyway, so that that's what I read. A, a, was it A Force? No. That no, was... A Force was the girl book. It was something like that. Yeah. though. It was out that, around that same time. Oh, that's weird. Alright, let's get into what I read. Now, I'm going to tell you about Avengers A+. Now, when I tell you the synopsis of this book, you're like, that sounds like a C+. <laughs> I'm going to tell you why it's A+. Ghost Riders, or Ghost Drivers, okay. car is possessed. And the whole entire issue, the Avengers try to find out why it's possessed, and they find out why it's possessed. Now, you're like, wow, why did that get an A+. Mm. Because Jason Aaron right. wrote it. And you're like, this, this I mean... This sounds so stupid, but he literally has you hanging on every page of what's going to happen. Well, well he's bringing yeah. back, well, maybe not him, but uh, they're bringing back the Ghost Rider book with uh, Danny Ketch and Johnny Blaze, so. Well, then you just answer your own question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, well that, one, that one episode when they, uh, or episode, issue where uh, Robbie Reyes goes to hell and, that, and then he meets Danny Ketch. Or Johnny Blaze, I forget which one is which. Uh, but he meets one of them, and then he finds out, like, oh, you're behind some of this? And then it's real quick, and then he comes back to Earth. So, I don't know, I'm kind of interested in it. I'm sure I'll like it. Johnny Blaze is Nicolas Cage. It's all... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Captain America. This was an A. Cap returns from prison, and he puts together a team with Misty Knight, Spider-Woman, Echo, etc. Basically, uh, like a lot of the lower-level uh, female heroes. Okay. And uh, Sharon Carter is looking for a suit for him to get back in and finds his old uh, Winter Soldier suit from the Brubaker run. Oh, that shiny one, the one when he had the gun, but it wasn't him? Uh, it basically was from the Winter Soldier movie as well. Oh, okay, that one, okay. With, like, kind of got like, the star kind of in the middle. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is that the one where it's like, metallic looking? Kind of, yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, that was an A. Fantastic for A minus. It would have been a solid A, but I mean, A minus. Here's why they made it a 599 book. For no, I'm sorry, $4.99 book for no reason, but they gave us three pages, at, three extra pages in the back that had nothing to do with anything. So oh, for, for you, Marvel. Thanks, but no lose. thanks. Yeah. I, I, I could have saved my dollar. Uh, Reed gives Ben the ability to become human for a few hours on his honeymoon. And just as this little ticking thing's about to go off, he's got about a minute. Uh -oh. So he, uh, he has, like it says on, a, on his watch, how much time until like this serum goes in him where he can be human for 24 hours. Okay. So he's like, him and uh, uh, Alicia Masters are on, are strolling on the beach, and he's got about a minute ninety. Yeah, uh, he's got about ninety seconds left. And then of course, you know, something bad's gonna happen. Yeah. So all of a sudden, a possessed Hulk comes out. Mm. So he's like, we gotta get through this, and we gotta get it quick. And they find out that it's the puppet master controlling the Hulk. So um, 
really good stuff. I know that you're reading it, so I won't spoil too, too much, but I thought it was an excellent issue. It was a really cool read uh, that, uh, uh, not the answer, but just, just shows you, like, their, their friendship. I read is, like, willing to do, you know, anything to kind of, like, make Ben happy. Yeah. You know, he's kind of the one, the reason, he's basically the reason why Ben is the way that he is, all the way from 1962. So, really enjoy that. Powers of X, Powers of X, uh, shows the X in the future, and I think... What they mean by powers of X, if you remember back in your math days, powers of X are 10, 100, and 1,000. Oh, okay. So it's like the X-Men in 10 years, 100 years, and 1,000 years. So that makes sense why there's a a Metallica, well, not Metallica, Metallic-looking, what's her name, Magic on the cover. Yep. So it kind of does tie into uh, to the uh, the House of X. Okay. Red Sonia, I gave this an F just because I got about nine pages in. You know, since I've been back reading comics like like all the time, about seven years ago, I can count on my, on one hand how many comics that I just did not finish. Uh, it's, this it's, is one it's of them. Usually hard. Yeah. Like it has to be pretty bad. <laughs> uh, sometimes I'll just flip through, just look at the R, maybe to see what happens at the end. I think I flipped down a nine pages and I text you, and because it was a it was a one shot. I'm like, this reminds me of the Red Sonya run that's going on now that I stopped reading after three issues. Oh, you texted me like 10 minutes later that it was a continuation of Red Sonya number six. And why didn't they say that? It was, yeah. it was a one shot. Right, right, I want to read a Red Sonya book, four ninety nine. So it's been mm. five dollars on this Ooh. thing, and it was. Yeah, this is one. Of the, this is one of the worst comics I've ever read. Well, I would say that I've ever read, but I didn't finish it. So yeah, it is all about that little kid, and I have no idea because I'm not reading the main Red Sonya book because it's just not that good. Because cause she's so out of place. It's like a Red Sonja doing things that Red Sonja would not do. No, Red Sonja wasn't even in it. Nine pages in Red Sonja wasn't in it. I kind of just flipped through it. And yeah. I think she was in it when I flipped through it. Ugh. Like, That's yeah. the worst. I hate when they do that. Like, uh, I remember a few times on the Thor book, it was like, Thor wouldn't be in it. It's like, here's a story about this uh, this troll. And it's like, oh, I don't really want a story about that troll. I mean, it's still Jason Aaron, but it, like, that happened like two or three times. I'm like, come on. Yeah, they do want to turn the, the War of the Realms to the yeah. War of the Realms. And it's like, uh, it was pretty good. Yeah. It was written pretty well. And uh, Justice League used to do that. They would be like, here's a Martian Manhunter story. Well, I was kind of wanting to know what was happening with the Justice League, you know? <laughs> I don't like that. I, I bought Justice League. I would go see the Avengers Endgame movie. I didn't want to go see, you know. <laughs> yeah, here's uh, half an hour of Martian Manhunter doing something. Oh, okay. You know, like. I don't, I don't like that. Just make it a one shot. Yeah, you probably won't sell as many, but you know, you're not gonna have mad fans then. Yeah, get the backlash on it. Terry Ward, five years. Are you getting this? Yeah, yeah, I didn't pick that up. I thought that. What, what issue that? Three, I think. Three. Yeah, sure. this, it's been great so far. If you've read everything else, if you haven't, you're like, I don't understand what's going on. That's the only this negative thing I can say. Yeah, this one you definitely will, because Tambi Tambi finds out that the evil government is making another five bomb. Remember that's basically how we'll pick that whole entire Echo story. So. Okay, yeah. I mean, it's a great book. If you, it's, I'd say if you read the last Strangers in Paradise, but only ran for twelve issues, then you have. If you could just read that, you might have a little bit better clue what's going on. But you kind of had to read Rachel Rising and Echo to get the full thing and some at least no you don't have to read all what was it 98 issues of Strangers of Paradise or some the original run just know who the main characters are so I would I mean I'm not going to tell anybody how we'll do the free time but definitely try Rachel Rising for me is my favorite of all and I've only yeah, me too. one omnibus of the original Strangers of Paradise but this now we're only three issues in but it seems like it's leaning more on the Echo stuff yeah and then now that it's more uh, superhero stuff you could say like yeah, Catch, Catch was kind of a main character, not so much her girlfriend. And then, uh, oh, yeah, I forgot Motor Girl's in it too, but she's kind of a secondary, maybe even third string character. 
Yeah, so I uh, really enjoyed it. A minus, but yeah, if you, if, I would definitely get it. If, if you're confused a little bit on it, I would at least pick up uh, Echo. Um, it's not that long. I think it's maybe only 20 issues. Uh, I know Rachel Rising a little bit heftier, but that you blow right for that. That's that's great. Yeah, and um, then uh, if you read Motor Girl, which you really don't have to, that was a, a great read too. That's only 12 issues, and the last Strange Empire Rise was 12 issues. But my book of the week, sir, A plus. Do you know what ended on Wednesday? No, what did it end on Wednesday? I'm trying to think. I don't know if you're getting this. Are you getting Paper Girls? Yes, I am. I didn't. Was that the last issue? Issue 32. Yep. But I think it was about 36 because I was like. I was like, oh, this is a little thicker. Yeah, I, I heard it was ending, book. and I've been getting it, that but was I, it. I was like, I, when I heard it was ending, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to let the last three issues stack up, or the last three or four, I think I got with this one before, and then read them all at once like a trade. Yes, I texted my sister, and I said, last issue of Paper Girl, she, the trade should be coming out soon. It comes out on the day that they're coming in for Comic-Con. Oh, wow. And I'm like, well, that's good, because the airport is less than a mile away from my comic book shop. I'll have them put you, put you aside a copy. Uh, I won't really, nothing really crazy happens. It's kind of, Brian K. Vaughn kind of writes it up almost as if you decide what the real ending is. Oh, okay. Um, well, it's time travel, so, so you do all kinds of stuff, you know? Yeah, so, and it's comics. It's not all real, folks. Yeah. You know, it's not all real. So, uh, when, you, you get, when you get this and you get a chance to read those last three issues, I want to I hear what, what you... Uh, your reaction okay because I, I really like paper girls that's like when i picked up that amazon trade the hardcover of the first like 12 issues or whatever it is and i want to get like all the hardcovers to collect like that too i mean i have every single issue but that's one i would like to get signed like cliff chang has not been at a comic con since that's been out you know i, I, I have to sign out wonder woman one but i'd like him to sign a paper girls because the art's yes, really good it, it's a good series and now with it coming to what was it amazon prime you know eventually oh, really? yeah i think it's I talked about it a couple weeks ago. Um, I think it's Amazon Prime. His interest in making the show. Um, it might be Netflix, but I think it's Amazon Prime. Let me know. I'll Google it real quick. I, yeah, well, what, you Google that, and I know Brian K. Vaughn came on and said, White Last Man, that's been off and on, off and on. They finally believe it could definitely go. It'll probably be the end of 2020 or 2021's uh, for Netflix, White Last Man. Yeah, that's really pretty good. I, I read the first trade, maybe the first two. It was really good. Yeah, I think we talked about on the show that we... It is. I think I read the first three or four trades. It's excellent. Yeah, I, I just didn't have time to finish it. Yeah, yeah I hear you. There's really so much going out there. And Paper Girls will be done by Amazon, so I'm, I'm definitely going to watch that. I know The Boys is out, and everyone's been saying it's great. I've read The Boys, but I might check out that uh, first issue, or first first issue, first episode at least. Well, who, who was the team on The Boys? Uh, it was uh, Jim Palmiotti. And, oh, really? Yeah, and someone else. Let me, let me Google that. It was. They weren't as big at the time when it was coming out, but then, then they all became big. Let's see, Garth Ennis and Jimmy Pagliotti. So there you go. Oh man. Yeah. Oh man, what a team. Yeah, and then I think there were some other people too that did the the art. I believe the uh, what uh, was his name? Steve Dillon, who did all the Punisher. He was on on the book for a long time. So and and there was like it ran for like I think seventy some issues. Well, if you remember Steve Dillon and Garth Ennis, they had the Punisher run, the most important, they had that Preacher run. Yeah. Preacher, yeah, so they, yeah, they did a lot. Let me, I, have, I have it pulled up right here. It ran for uh, 72 issues. Wow, from October wow. 2006 to November 2012. Yeah, written by Garth Ennis, and there's a, a couple of different artists that John Higgins, Derek Robertson, some people I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I heard it was pretty good. I remember one time I was going to check it out. Now I'm sure all the books have jumped in price. But uh, maybe I'll pick up a trade. Yeah, 72 issues it ran for. 
wonder why Jimmy called me out. You haven't seen too much of him doing much of anything uh, yeah. this past year. That's why. Jeff John's busy. How are we doing on time, partner? Are we ready to get the G1? Or? Yeah, might as well. It's uh, 55 minutes. 55 minutes, we better get the G1. <laughs> okay, well, let's see what's, uh, let's go do the top five, sir. As always, it's your... You know what? I, did, I, I, I completely forgot, so I didn't even think of one. I don't know I how that... go first. You go first. I completely okay. forgot about it. If you can give me five comic people in comics, like uh, by that I mean like hero, our heroes or villains, okay. that you would like to see at, as professional wrestlers, but they can't use like their projectile powers. For example, they're just like regular Super wrestlers. Yeah, yeah, Superman can't use like his heat vision, or he can't use his cold freeze, but he can use like some of his power or some of his speed. Like he wouldn't be able to use like projectiles. Okay, so who in comics would be a good in-ring worker? <laughs> I guess you could yes. say. Jeez, ah. Uh... Ooh, let's see, Captain America. <laughs> um, hmm, Batman. I'll, I'll go with all the people that are just like yeah, trained to the peak of physical <laughs> human conditioning. Uh, Punisher. <laughs> and, oh man, that's yeah, one. yeah, and then we'll go with um, Lobo. Even the big, the big brute, and then Juggernaut. How about that one? <laughs> He's just the big, big mass. That's a good one. I I have uh, Captain America. Okay. I have Thor. Oh, yeah. I have Red Sonia. Oh. I would love to see Red Sonia in Minoru Suzuki. <laughs> oh, how about that one? Red um, Sonia will be I stiff, have... I think, in the ring. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have Batgirl, because she'd be able to do oh. all the, you know, yeah. stuff, like, the Osprey, like the Osprey stuff. And then I have, who would I pick for my last one? Um, what is this? My thing I can't even think about. Oh, it's just a Colossus. Oh, that'd be, that'd be a good one. That's kind of a good one. Like, you probably pick any Batman person. To be, you know, a good worker in ring because they're all, you know, crazy fighters, and then with all the flips and everything, like Nightwing or any of the Robins or any of the newer Bat people, Batwoman, you know, whatever. That's a good one. Yeah, I didn't think of one at all. <laughs> I was trying to think of one right now. Like, oh man, I totally forgot. I don't know why I was. Uh, let's uh, let's do this. So with the new uh, DC Plus app, which did you see? DC Plus, if you have Hulu, you only have to pay seven dollars extra to add it to Hulu. Yeah, that's that's kind of cool because then it's like uh, I wasn't gonna go spring for the DC app, DC Plus app by itself, especially if it's another twelve dollars. But you had seven to Hulu and it's still under twenty. That ain't bad. So, you know how they're doing the What If cartoon? What what would be uh, five car uh, Marvel cartoons you'd like to see on uh, DC Plus? We'll do that. Sure. You mean on Marvel on the Disney thing? Yeah, yeah, on DC Plus Marvel cartoons. But we'll, we'll stick it to just cartoons, cartoon so shows. Five five Marvel stories that I would like to see cartoon movies. Yeah, or, or just it. characters if you just say, hey, like a, I really like a name or a cartoon, you know? That's a... Well, I'll do, um, let's do like stories, because obviously the DC animates, uh, animated stuff okay. is really, really good. So let's do, we'll do top five uh, uh, Marvel stories. Okay. So let's do uh, Secret Wars, the okay. original one. Okay, yeah, that's a good one. Let's do Avengers vs. X-Men. Mmm. Let's do um, the uh, Coming of Galactus. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Let's do uh, the, maybe the first like ten or twelve issues of John Byrne's Fantastic Four run, run mm. with like you know uh, where like Valerie and uh, Franklin like really discover their powers. Okay. And then let's do um, Spider-Man Hobgoblin story from uh, Roger Stern's Spider-Man run. Oh, okay, that's a good. You know, you know what I like to see cartoon-wise? I mean, we had a movie, but movie the cartoon would be different. They did Civil War in cartoon. Or even Civil yeah. War 2, you know? Uh, a Clone Saga with Spider-Man. That would be a cool cartoon. Oh, 
to yeah, because cartoons you can do whatever. You can have a million characters, and you know, you know, you just gotta pay the voice actors. You, you don't have to pay for sets or special effects, really. Um, I'm trying to think of, a, of, a, of an X-Men book. Uh, what was that one? Uh, Battle for the Atom. Do you remember that? Yes. Written by uh, yeah, the, Bendis. Uh, Bendis. Yeah. Aaron, that yeah. that be that was fantastic. Put that in there. And let me see in her in her storyline. Let's do uh, an Armor Wars one, and then you have all the people in it. Then it was kind of Iron Man too, but not really. And then finally, a War of the Realms, because it's fresh in my mind. That'd be a sweet cartoon movie. Yeah, that's uh, that's 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 a good picks there, but yeah, yeah, definitely. Stuff that. And you know what? I that would pop to my mind when you were saying about uh, Valerie and uh, Franklin. I forgot Franklin was a mutant, and in that Powers of X or House of House of X issue, uh, Magneto tells uh, Reed Richards, he's, or not Magneto, Cyclops, whenever he wants to come home, tell me he has family here, and it's like, oh, because he's a mutant. I forgot about that. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, Valerie isn't. She just has superpowers, but Franklin's a mutant, which is that, that's kind of a cool. Uh, Twist. No, twist that they put on it, which I guess that was uh, John Byrne. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm, so, I'm assuming I could be. If we're, if we're around, guys, by all means, yeah. You know, throw, yeah. throws out there. Um, but, but, but let us know. Let us know. All right. So why just had to relocate because the first birthday present of all time just uh, came home and threw me into the uh, playroom. No. Oh. Uh, that was a rough stop. Let's. Um, I guess let's get into it. Let's get into the G1, sir. Um, we will start with Saturday's show. Okay, let me pull it up here. Saturday, you mean so Saturday one, are we doing uh, review stores or previews? The 27th, we're just going to do the review. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, what we, what we thought of the match, and then, uh, like, as far as, like, who got the points right. Okay, let me get more. Yep, and then, uh, let's, let's take a look to see if Melton's review came out. Okay. Let me get my notebook real quick, it's on the table. And that's where we <laughs> input a commercial there. Okay, see, so I write down all the matches and the, yep. my star ratings. So that would be the 25th, right? The 27th. Oh, uh, the 27th, which that was night 10. Night and this is a B block. A block. Is it? Oh, night. Oh, yep. right. oh hold on. Night 9. So it's night 9. I, I have the 26th written for that one. I just might have the wrong day written down. We'll figure because of the time zone difference. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. You get thrown off. But going into this, I had 24 points, Amber 29, you were leading with 30. So, first match was Abushi Lance Archer. I thought this was great. I like how Abushi uh, gave Lance Archer the Kamigoye. Yeah, he, like, twice. It off. Yeah. Yeah, then he I thought it would have just because, like, he hit him with the first one. Not I mean, anyone tell Kota Abushi how to work. So, like, I thought maybe, like, if he were to give him like, a quick kick or a pomp strike before he gave the second one, because Lance Archer's looking right at him as he's going to get the second one. Yeah, like, why don't um, sit there and take it? But I thought this, I thought this was a really good Lance Archer continues to impress. Kodobushi picks up the win, but I give this one a solid four stars. Really? See, I, I didn't like it that. I, I thought it was good, maybe a little short. I did like the two Kamigoye things, and I was surprised he was going to not go down with the one. But uh, they did a lot of cool stuff in this. Lance Archer really, uh, really do much better now that he's singles, especially in the G1, especially with the, we'll get to the match when he does the uh, moonsault off the top rope, <laughs> when he's doing his uh, rope walk thing. But yeah, I only gave this one uh, 2.75 stars. I was a little harsh on it. I liked it, but I think maybe because it was short and, uh, you know, I didn't think it was that great. Uh, did you, I'll, I'll try and see what Dave said here. If you want to move on to the next match, I'm going to see here and Dave. Sure, Will Ospreay and Bad Luck Bale. It seems like they always do a good job of protecting Bad Luck Bale, whether it's eight wins, ten wins, or like he only has like two or three wins in his against like Okada and Tanahashi. 
But I thought this was uh, this was good. I liked it how they're continuing basically the disqualification story with uh, with Red Shoes uh, and the uh, the Bullet Club. So it was a it was a fun match. Finally, didn't look uh, he wasn't made to look bad here. But it's just shocking that we're halfway through the tournament. Osprey, Osprey picks up the win here. Osprey only has four points. Yeah, I know. I thought he would have much more, but uh, he he doesn't. I, I enjoyed the match. It wasn't bad. I mean, they, they played it off, you know, Folly's the big monster. He does the d DQ, so Osprey gets the win by DQ. So I, I gave it two and a half stars. Yeah, I gave it three. I mean, it was good. I mean, you can't expect a, a great match here. Okay, so I'm almost at the... What? Uh, hold on here. Okay. No, that, that's not the right night. I'm getting it. <laughs> the ratings are not in yet. Okay, let me go back. Uh, he usually comes out with them on Thursdays, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Tanahashi versus Lance. So this was day... Wait, hold on here. This website... Night 9. Yeah, this, this has it. Click on it. It says Night 9, and that says... Okay. Yeah, here we go. So, he gave... Co wow, he, he, he was with you with Ibushi versus Lance Archer. He gave that 4 stars. And Will Ospreay versus Battle for LA. He gave it 2.5 stars. So I was right. So you're right, I'm right. There you go. Tanahashi and Sonata... I was the only one that picked the ace in this one. I thought this was great, good back and forth stuff as always. I mean, Tanahashi, it's, it's crazy how everyone thought going into him he's not going to use the high blindfold at all because he did he only use it uh, for his Wrestle Kingdom match. Yeah. Where yeah. with Kenny and hasn't used it at all. He's constantly using it here. So he's kind of back to the, um, I want to say he's back to the old time. He's basically, he's still, he's still Tanahashi. Yeah. We'll talk about his match with Evil, you know, about how, like, you know, that was the only match anybody really cared about because the crowd was dead. But I thought this was great. It was just another solid performance. Another great performance by Sonata Tanahashi, just, you know, just being being the ace. Uh, this was a solid four stars for me. Yeah, that's, that's what I gave it to, and that's what uh, Big Dave gave it. I thought it was good, and, and who? Tanahashi won this one, right? Yeah, that, oh, that's right, that's right, yes. Okay, now I remember, they all blend together. That's his first one of the tour with the high five the other Okay, yeah, and I thought Sonata would, would win it, because, I mean, Sonata's one of their, you know, could be main eventers in like a year or two, but uh, he, he didn't pick it up here. So, yep. we have a very good match. So, in the next one, I, I missed somehow. I missed uh, Sack Saber vs. Evil. So, what, what did oh, you think of that one? I thought it was excellent. I thought it was, uh, a, it was a touch better than all the other matches I gave it for, and uh Four and a quarter, back and forth. It was, you know, Evil was in place for Saber. For Saber to look good, Saber was in place for Evil to look good. It was kind of back and forth at the end, and then Evil hit the uh, everything was Evil. I gave it four and a quarter, and uh, Evil picked up the win. Oh wow! That, uh, Big Dave says three point seven five, but Evil has six points. He's one of the guys that's all tied for six. Yeah. So. And then we got um, the final okay. final we match. The main event: Okada and Kenta. To me, this was Kenta's best match. Maybe, I mean, maybe since the uh, 60 minute draw with him and Marifuji for the, was Budokan, uh, where they, they, it was Marifuji was the uh, All Japan Junior Champion and Kenta was the, Kenta was the, uh, Noah Junior Champion. Okay. Yeah, I think that, yeah, they, they better had one, no, I think they had one after that where, where it wasn't Budokan, where it was for the heavyweight title. This, I thought this was great. I would prove two things. One, Kenta is, he's finally getting used to like the, the you know, the New Japan style mm -hmm. after being away from like you know the really good worker stuff for so long and it just proves just how great Okada is Okada really grabbed Kenta's game because it seemed like Kenta's first two matches with Tanahashi and Ibushi by no means were they bad I thought they were great but they were just like missing something and he had his match with Archer I'm like okay that was pretty good he had his match with Evil I'm like wow I knew it was going to be good I didn't think it would be that good but I think this 
I mean, this was five stars for me. This was, I don't think it was the best match of the tournament, because I think it's Okada and Osprey, but it was my favorite match of the tournament, just okay. because I'm such a huge Kenta fan. And uh, I think one thing Okada reminds me a lot about Bret Hart, or like a lot of Bret Hart. Like, remember, Bret Hart would take all this punishment, take all this punishment, take, and then he'd make a good comeback, and then take more punishment. And they would get to the falsies, the way he would time everything, and the way that he would space everything out and sound like O'Connor reminds me it's like almost like a modern day Bret Hart I can see that yeah especially when he wrestles Archer which we'll get to it was kind of like that too but yeah uh, but I thought this match was absolutely tremendous the best birthday present that I ever was ever again <laughs> yeah to me this was five stars what about you partner see I, I, I really liked it I enjoyed it and they, I liked how they both came into it undefeated so you know someone has to lose here I mean they could have the draw which I guess then both guys lose I don't know but I, I really liked it not as much you I gave it four and a half and Big Dave gave it four and a half but a uh, very good match Yes, thoroughly enjoyed it. So, uh, as far as night nine goes, we all tied the three points, so no moving on the board there. We get into night ten, Goto and Yano. This was a quick match, um, as well as it should have been. Goto gets the win with his fancy roll up. Yeah, we, yeah. All, we all. I just gave it three stars just because it was entertaining. It was it was very entertaining. I gave it two stars. I mean, it was a quick match, and uh, Yano does comedy of Goto rolls Goto rolls him up, and that's about it. Big Dave only gives it one star because uh, I guess not his type of match. He must not be a Yano guy. But yeah, for what it was, it wasn't bad at all. Well, I tell you what, we go to the next one. Yeah. It's completely different. Yes. And Juice. I mean, this might be Juice's best match ever. I mean, this really just brought the house, and this is great, great back and forth stuff. Just you know, you picked a partner with the Ishii stuff. Ishii gets the win, I believe, with the, the Brain, Brain Buster. Buster. I, yeah, I gave this one four and three four stars. Yeah, I'm, I'm right with you. 4.75. I thought this match was great. And especially he had the comedy match and had this match. Like, oof. It probably is Juice's best match ever. It was hard hitting. And, I mean, there was they kept doing big moves and kicking out at the end. And it, it was great. And then uh, Ishii wins. Ishii, again, the MVP of the tournament three years strong. <laughs> But, yeah, uh, what did uh, what did Uncle Dave give this? He, he gave this one 4.5, so he didn't like it as much as we did. Which is uh, surprising, because Big Dave, is he's big on Ishii. I know that. Jeff Cobb and Taichi, uh, really not too much to say about this. I mean, it was all right. Bad. Yeah. yeah, it was okay. I just gave it a solid three stars. Jeff Cobb with the win. It got a little bit better near the end. I thought when they were doing some cool moves and stuff, and it got a little more like, hey, maybe Taichi's going to win it. Yeah, I, I, I got into it. The beginning wasn't so much in, but at the end, I really got into it. And then Jeff Cobb hits the tour of the islands, gets the win. I gave it three and a half. Dave Meltzer says 3.75, so he liked it a little bit more. Actually, weird. He's been rating the Jeff Cobb yeah. match a little bit lower than us. So yeah. Was, uh, it was weird. Maybe he's a big Tai Chi guy. I guess so. Yeah. I absolutely love this next match. Jay White, Shingo. This was great. Uh, Shingo's, even though he only has four points, really coming off hard. An absolute must win for Jay White. You can kind of see, especially after yesterday's show, where this, uh, where I think this tournament is going. I mean, finally some of the bookings coming, coming into play. Uh, Jay White gets the win at the blade round. This is great. I guess a four and a half. That's what uh, uh, Dave gave it. I, I gave it just four. I liked it, but I didn't like it that much. But it was, it was pretty good. And yeah, Jay White does hit the blade runner. But Shingo, like losing more than what I thought, because you think he was basically undefeated for everything, and then to the end of uh, Best of Super Juniors. And then this, I thought I'd be getting a little bit more wins. So, I mean, Chingle has four points, I believe. Yeah, it's like, it's like him and Oscar kind of mirroring each other. Yeah. And it's like, wow. I thought they would have done a little bit Yep. Then we get to this main event, which I just confuse on the book in here. To me, I mean, we, when we were doing our picks, I'm like, yeah, there's no way. Yeah. This would be a great match. There's no way Naito's losing because then the only way for Naito to win the tournament is he has to sweep his block and... Moxley has to reverse his block by meaning meaning he, he has to lose every match. 
but I think they're kind of setting up for that. We'll get to that in a minute. I thought this match was great, but even like this was a Nitro town. If you watch the tag match on the night before, where uh, you know they, they they basically they build up uh, Nido and Moxley uh, going into this. It's a big Nido town. It's ninety percent for Nido, and when uh, Moxley hits the, the elevated death ride, it's a hush silence on the yeah. they know he's not kicking out, and uh, sure enough, he didn't. I just don't do not understand New Japan's booking on, on this at all. Yeah. I just completely confused and confuddled. I guess they're gonna do the surprise thing because well, we'll get to it. I, I believe if Nido wins everyone, he could still catch up. But I, I didn't see him losing this one. He lost. I mean, the first uh, Blade Runner, I was like, oh, I've got Blade Runner. Uh, Death Rider, I'm like, okay, he's still in it. And then he hits that, that high angle one, drops him right in his head. I'm like, and can't kick out from that. I was like, ooh, he did win. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know where they're going with that. But John Moxley wins. I, I get the match four stars. I really liked it. Dave Meltzer says 4.25. What do you say? I was 4.25 as well. Okay. Right there, so, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's a shocking finish. It's really kind of neat. I mean, this Moxley is doing a great job. Don't get me wrong. It's not like he's pushing the former WWE guy. He's, 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 there's no there's no Dean Ambrose in him at all. No, like, no, this is not. a totally new guy. Like I didn't care about Dean Ambrose at all. <laughs> Joe Moxley yeah. is very entertaining, especially the whole show to Umino calling him Shooter and their tag matches. <laughs> great stuff. Yeah. Did you see the meme that's out there where yeah, he um, he's teaching him how to throw the finger? Yeah. Like, yeah. This is the middle finger. Just go up to the next person you see and throw the middle finger. Yeah. And then it obviously didn't happen. It was just a, not a meme, but it was like a like a comic comic strip. And they like Moxley's go take a shower and Umino goes in the locker room. And Suzuki. And the first person he bumps into is Suzuki. Yeah. And the middle <laughs> oh man. Yeah, but that was a tag team. Moxley's sticking around still for some. I'd love to see him as a tag team world tag league. I know they just didn't, they just uh, announced the the talent and the poster for the destruction tour and Kent is on uh, on all the posters. Oh, the Kent is signed then. They, they, he signed on the on the DL because they they didn't they never said he signed with New Japan. But if he's still on him, he ain't going nowhere. And why why not have him? I don't think they would have him beat Tanahashi or Bushi and then have a have a lights out match with Okada going twenty seven minutes if, if they were going to do something. Yeah, like that, I, I agree. I mean? And then why um, why not? You know. We get to night 11, Abushi and Fale. This just seemed like this match was just there for me. It just wasn't clicking. Uh, Abushi uh, picked up the win here with the... Uh, he went by Countdown? The Kamigoye. Oh, he did win with the Kamigoye. Yeah, he hit the Kamigoye. Um, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I it thought was it was... forgettable for me. I, didn't, I thought it would be a little more fun just because Fale's very great to beat Abushi when he works those big guys, just like I did with uh, Archer. Um, I just gave it some three stars, but to me it was just there. Yeah, me, I, I gave it two. It was, it was all right. Nothing, nothing really special. Just Bushi wins with Kamigoye. Dave Meltzer really didn't like it. He gives it one. Oh, and the uh, just the results from night to ten. Me with four. You and Amber with three. So I'm doing a little catching up yet. No, there we go. Huh? Uh, Still in it. Zach, Zach Saber and Will Ospreay. I thought this was terrific. It was everything that um, that we thought it was going to be. And uh, Zach Saber gets the win there with the. Um, it's a modified octopus holding it. He had yeah, the octopus and they like kind of stretched and fell down with it and held him in. I was like, I thought Will Ospreay was going to win it, get out of it, and hits a Oz cutter and win it. But nope, Zach Saber did. And he moves up to four points. So this poor yeah, Zach only had two. I gave yeah, it four even. Up. I liked it, but I didn't like it. wasn't the best match ever, but yeah, enjoyed it. Four even. Dave Meltzer says 4.5. Four and a quarter. Oh, okay. So then we were all ranging the gamut there. Yes. Okada and Archer. Go ahead, partner. You said you want to talk about this one. Okay, well, that was the same thing when you're saying Okada, like, Bret Hart and gets beat up and then finally comes back at the end and wins it. That's very much what this match was. There was a, a lot of good stuff in this match. Archer doing the rope walk and then did a moonsault. I was like, what? Even I believe Kevin Kelly goes, what in the world? So Archer really stepped up his game here. I thought this match was really good. I 
I, I definitely enjoyed it. Probably as much as Law as Zack Zaber uh, Will Ospreay. I gave it 3.75. I mean, it wasn't the best match ever. But then Okada finally gets him with the Rainmaker. And I think he, he, he hit the short Rainmaker first, and then he gives him the real Rainmaker. By three or four of them, I think he had. Yeah, yeah. He was at first he hits like that that turnaround one where he kind of like lets go. I forget what Kevin Kelly called it, and does like the the roaring elbow, and they hit like the short one. And they, when he hit the the rainmaker proper at the end, he pins him. But a great match, and uh, Lance Archer really really building him up to be something. He's uh he's really trying to get better. So um, definitely gonna see more about Lance Archer in the coming year. I give this one three and a half. Okay, so yeah, we were right round, and then Dave says three point seven five. So he's right with me. There you go. Right with you there. There you go. You know, Okada moves up to 12. So yeah, 12. 12 a half 12, point um, away from uh, doing the, uh, where it needs to be. Yeah, undefeated. And as they said, uh, no champion has ever won the G1 since uh, 2000. When I think it was Chono who won it. Um, it was. Hold on. Right here. I believe it was. Uh, was it. I thought it was 02, which would have been Chono. Um, yeah, I guess so. I thought maybe Mac it was Makabe in 08, but I don't know. I could be wrong. No, that anyway, was, yeah. I'm sure they'll mention. I'm sure they'll mention a hundred other times. Yeah. He's like, like, this is where I am obligated to tell you that no champions won the G1 since one. Yeah. So um, you're like, yeah. How do I don't know how we missed it because we've literally heard it a dozen times yeah. in the last two weeks. So and then we move on to Kenton Sonata. I thought this was really really good. Again, Kenton coming into his own. I knew it would be good as the uh, Okada match, but you have a kind of like a conflicting styles here. You kind of have like. You know, the striking uh, Noah, All Japan style Kenta versus kind of like the, you know, flying around style of, uh, of Sonata. But this was solid, and uh, Sonata did pick up the win, so kind of dropped two in a row, uh, which I thought was, uh, I got this one right, which I thought was going to happen. Sonata moved to the four, Kenta stays at eight. I gave this one a solid four stars. Yeah, I was a little bit lower, 3.5. It was a very good match. Um, enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, uh, Sonata does get him with the moonsault. Actually, he, he did something first. Got him down and he hit the moonsault. And it's like, oh. Yeah, huh. he always does the, uh, the skull end. Oh, yeah, the skull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. that kind of puts him down. They did a, a couple cool uh, transitions from skull in and then uh, then Kento pick him up, kind of go for go to sleep. So, a very good match. 3.5. And Dave Meltzer gives it, he didn't like it as much. 3.25. So. Dave, what's going on? And then we go to the, to the main event here Tanahashi we, versus Eve. Yes. Yes, we were saying the crowd was kind of dead for this yeah. show, and then the main event happened. And the crowd came up for Tanahashi, they kind of died a little, and then Tanahashi made his comeback, and his plate came off like they, they, they just got shot with a whole bunch of red bulls. <laughs> yeah, and they, they came alive. I guess they, they always come alive for Tanahashi, though, so I mean... Goes to show you, he's the most consistently... You know, there's certain towns that Okada is the most person over, there's certain towns that Okada is the most person over, but as far as, like, just being across the board... Tanahashi, you know, as far as crowd reaction goes, Tanahashi's still the guy. And then they, they gave, you know, after Tanahashi gets the win with the high fly flow. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's two in a row. Yeah, the two in a row he wins with the high fly flow. And then they, they, they give him a big long uh, exit where they, you know, the camera's on him and they show everybody's trying to touch him and wipe the sweat off of him. I mean, that, I mean, that just shows the guy is still over, still in great shape, still putting on classic matches. I would have gave this four stars, but just for the way that Tanahashi controlled the crowd at the end, I bumped it up a half a star. I gave this four and a half oh, stars. Well, yes, I gave it four. Even good match. Enjoyed it. And then, But the, the end stuff was pretty good with his uh, guitar, and then they dropped the guitar and it breaks. You know, the, the Did you see when, when the young boys threw it up and I got lost in the rafters? <laughs> yeah. And they, they come back? <laughs> That's pretty funny. That's great. It's great stuff. And the crowd eats it up. Uh, Big Dave really liked it. He says 4.7 for it. When Dave gave it? 4.75. Wow! Yeah, he, he was he, he was really liking that. I mean, I, I, it was good, but sometimes he's we're, we're you know he's above us or way below us. 
Yeah, well, you know, sometimes it's, I mean, we, we all can't like the same thing, which makes yeah. the podcast really good. Obviously, we risk, you know, I don't, I always, I don't live and breathe by what Meltzer says. He's the most respected journalist of all time, hands down. Uh, Jericho always puts him over, so does uh, Jim Ross, but it's nice to have different opinions on things. Yeah, it is. So we all not, can't like the same ice cream flavor. This, is, this sure. is true. That's why there is more than one. That's right. And we go into night 12. Night 12. Boy, we started off with a bang. We're kind of saying, I was really looking forward to Jeff Cobb in this tournament. He's kind of just like hit or miss, more miss than hit. And then he gets big on this one. I this this was his best match yeah, tournament. I was just going to say, this is probably his best match so far. Yeah. Uh, this was great. Him and Shingo back and forth. A lot of teases, just hard hitting. Uh, showed Shingo's strength. Yeah, I mean, Shingo a lot of times picked up Jeff Cobb and like with like stalling uh, suplexes or that. One time when he held him up for the Made in Japan move, that's kind of a lot like the Last of the Dragon. I was like, whoa, he got him, and he held him for like a solid like three seconds, and then picks him up and slams him. So yeah, Shingo, yeah. a tough, uh, strong guy because Jeff Cobb is is a big dude. Yeah, and, and uh, Cobb's feeding for all the uh, axe bombers, uh, pumping bombers were really good. Oh, this is great. Cobb gets the one with the tour of the island. They gave us four and a quarter stars. That Oh, um, let's see. The, the 9-11, I had four, and you and Amy both with three. So just like Tanahashi and Ibushi, I'm making my no, comeback. come back. Maybe. Come back for the end of the tournament. Yeah, here we go. But this was, I thought this was great, four and a quarter. Yeah, I gave it four even. I thought it was great, too. The, uh, the Wrestling Observer results are not in yet. I guess Dave this is going to win. Yeah, so yeah, that's, yeah. that's probably a lie. Yeah. So we will going to put... Go back. So we'll just remind ourselves to go back. It's to a day twelve, yes. Yeah. Yano and Moxley. This might be Yano's most entertaining match since and his, his Omega. And they said his longest match too. Yeah, there was a lot of. Uh, he got the crowd chanting, "Break, break, break, break!" I thought this was funny. You can just see like Moxley was like steaming, and had I known that Moxley was going to go over it, Yano, or Moxley was going to go over Naito, I would told you. I knew going to matches, no way Moxley's winning. So Moxley wins, it's basically like the block's over. Yeah. The block is pretty much next to and we still have a week left. So you're the only one that was thinking ahead. I, mean, I picked Yano, because he always gets that win. He beat Kenny Omega. I think that one year he beat Okada. So, I mean, he beat Ibushi, yeah. he's beat Tanahashi he, before. He yeah. always gets that one win. I'm like, well, I don't see Moxley winning the block, so that's why I went with Yano. I thought the match was good. The, the night before, they did the thing where Yano tries to sell him the DVD, and Moxley gets the money, but then he, like... He kicks the money up in there and rolls him up, like trying to use a, a, a Yano tactic on himself. So that was cool. They went that, and this time Yano offers him a DVD. And Mox is like, "I already bought it." He's like, "No, look!" And he opens it. The money was inside. So that was cool. And then, and then Yano wins where he uh, tapes Moxley to a uh, shooter, showed him on the outside, and they can't get up in time, and then they get counted out. So I thought it was uh, enjoyable for it was. I gave it 2.5. I mean, it's not you know, it's not a five yeah, star match, it. but it was I enjoyable, give, entertaining. I, I just give it three stars. Yeah, yeah. Just for the entertainment value, sure. Then they have Moxley like totally crushed at the end, just looking like, oh. Yeah, he did a good job selling. And it keeps Moxley strong because it's like, no, Moxley's still not pinned. He may have lost, but he's still not pinned. Yeah, and it kind of evens out all of the B block because a lot of guys now are going to move up to six. Moxley's still at, what, 10? Yep. So, I mean, if he loses the next three and Naito wins the next three, then they're all the same. Yep, no, Naito will win it because Moxley will win the tiebreaker. So, okay, yeah. 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 So if Moxley wins a match between now and the final night, Naito's out. Okay. So I would say, yeah. So I guess I see how this is playing out because they kind of beat it over our heads. Speaking of, uh, like, you know, um, like I said, with Naito, Naito and Juice, we talked about how is that the Ishii the uh, couple nights before was probably his best match. This one's right up there as well. I thought this was great, great back and forth stuff. I knew Naito was winning going into this, but there's a couple times where like, that maybe they pulled the trigger on Juice. Yeah. Really, I mean, really buried Naito. 
but Naito gets the win here. I gave this one four and a half stars. I, I gave it four even. I thought it was really good. And then Naito wins, of course, with the Destino. I'm like, finally beat somebody with Destino. <laughs> yep. So, uh, Jay White, yeah, exactly. It's and this one, I, I didn't get to see the, the next two, so we'll just have to go off your your words and I'll go back and watch them then. Okay, I will... Kind of, again, Kevin Kelly's beating overhead of Jay White coming out, saying Jay White needs to win four more. As he's coming out, he goes to Rocky. Rocky, I'm going to win four more. And uh, Gato, as they call him, Fredo. Yeah, Fredo. Uh, you know why they, Rocky calls him Fredo? No. Fredo, uh, Fredo was the guy in the Godfather movies that was Al Pacino's brother, Michael's brother, and he mm-hmm. turned on him. Oh, okay, so that makes like, sense. Yeah, he turned on, yeah, so that's why they call him Fredo Gato. So that's why they turned on That's why he calls him that. So... Uh, if you if you have five hours to spare, definitely watch Godfather One. Incredible. <laughs> Anywho, so they're constantly beating you over the head with it during this. Uh, it's basically him and Chai Chai to see who's gonna cheat more. Yeah, I was gonna say so, two heels. I see. I'm bringing up the pictures. It looks like they both go for like a low blow at the same time with the kicks. Yeah, Katamar came out, so he kind of neutralized Ghetto. Yeah, spit some whiskey. Uh, looks like. Yeah, they did whiskey things, chairs, low blows. They got uh, Ghetto Tai Chi. Tai Chi had the advantage on Jay White going towards the end, and then Ghetto grabbed. Um, Versace's girlfriend's name? Uh, Miho Abe. Yeah, he like made like he was going to punch her, and then Katamura came. So it was like, a, you know, that's what you thought it was going to be. I don't particularly care for all that interference stuff, especially my New Japan stuff, but that's like Jay White's MO and Tai Chi's MO, so it was like to see who can like out-cheat each other. 3.75, I gave it, Jay White gets the win. Goto Ishii was fun, super hard-hitting, and I told you, I, I was only a little bit disappointed because I was having flashbacks to their match from last year which was easy five stars oh yeah it was great i gave it five stars and Meltzer gave it five stars it was this was great was nowhere near as good as their match from last year it's four and a half stars so as a max four and a half stars you should you should definitely go see it so it's really good uh and uh goto picks up the win with the gtr so, yeah I just yep, seen it. so he did the modified one basically the one that he kind of hit on jay white like the uh it's like a, a newer version and then into the okay GTR. yeah me and you both finished that day with four points and Amber with three points. So going into our predictions, we have a show tomorrow and we have a show on Sunday and then a couple during the week. So we have, I have 36, Amber at 38, you are leading with 40, sir. Oh, wow. I love that. That, that so, Yano win, that's what did it. <laughs> yeah, there it is. I mean, that helps. That helps. So we have, okay, the, this, I tell you, right off the bang, we are, uh, this, is, this is a tricky one. Balok Fale and Kenta, I just, it seems like the only way Fale can lose is if it's on like one of the big main eventers, Okada, Abushi, or he gets disqualified. Kenta doesn't have anybody neutralizing Fale. They had Kenta drop two straight. Uh, this is a tough one. I'm hoping I'm wrong. I'm hoping Kenta wins. I'm a Kenta fan, but me and Aaron both pick Balok Fale. How about you, sir? I think I'm going to pick Kenta because that would put him at 10 points? 10. Or yeah. 10. Yeah, 10, which is still, he's still behind Okada, so. I, I don't know. I think they're going to have Kenta go over. I mean, you, you never know. Farley could win, but I'm going to go with Kenta. Lance Archer is Zack Sabre Jr. A Suzuki gun fight. Points. Yeah, you're right. Uh, who do you like in this one? Oh, jeez. I, I don't know who they're going to do here. I'm, I'm going to lead towards uh, Lance just because the bigger guy, but you never know. This one could even be a draw. Maybe they'll do that. But, uh, cause, you know, all the Suzuki gun members. I'm going to go with Lance Archer. Yep, that's me. We picked as well. Another tough one to pick. Evil sitting at six points. Osprey, Osprey at four. This is a toss-up. Usually, Evil always ends up at eight or ten. He's at six now. Osprey's only at four. I know they're. I know you know technically Osprey's already eliminated. 
But I think Osprey picks up a much needed win here to get a little steam back going towards the end of the G1. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he needs some wins. Even if he just wins the next uh, three matches he has, two or three, whatever, just to kind of look a little strong on the way out, even though he's not going to win it. I don't understand how this match is not the main event. Yeah. And then maybe we'll get into it. The finals of last year's G1, my runner-up for match of the year, Kota Bushi, eight points. Hiroshi Tanahashi, eight points. I still think Obushi's going to putting on the rally. Me and Harry both had Kota Obushi, and he had her unit with us here. Yeah. I would think so, but you know, I mean, uh -oh. with them tied with two points, uh -oh. maybe, maybe, like, does Tanahashi win? And then, yeah, I don't I don't know. Now, you got to think, you have Obushi. Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. Now, so if Obushi, now, he has yeah, to if win. Tanahashi wins, not only does he go up by two points, he really goes up by four because of the tie break. Yeah. So, you know, I, I guess I'm going to have to go with Kota Bushi, but I'm, you know, I'm kind of leading towards Kota anyway, because I have him winning. But I wouldn't be surprised if Tanahashi wins, but I'm going to go with Kota Bushi. I think the only way Tanahashi would win is if it was the main event, just so he can play the air guitar. Oh, okay. That makes sense. <laughs> Partner, this is a tricky one. They built it over our head. They beat it over our heads this year with the New Japan Cup final. And then Okada said after we won the cup, he said, if I win, when I win the belt at the Garden, I want you as my first opponent. Okada is 5-0 and against Sonata. Okada 12 points, Sonata at 4. I'm thinking they finally, Sonata finally gets the big win here. And then they, and then Okada gets his win back at King of Pro Wrestling on the way to the Tokyo Dome. But I just think that Okada is just way ahead, too far ahead. That Okada needs, needs to have a couple losses here. And I think uh, it does not hurt him at the expense of Sonata. Does Sonata get the win here? Amber agrees with me. Partner, are you in agreement with the three of us? Or are you going to are you going to go with uh, the rain? <laughs> you know, I always want to change it because it, it really seems like Okada's going to have a clean sweep, just so he can add that to his uh, list like of accomplishments. Like yeah. Shingo, huh? So, I, but I, you know, I don't, I don't think he wants to get three more matches. Yeah, I, I still think Okada's going to win it, but maybe not. I, it, I mean, if, if Okada does a clean sweep and he picks his winner for Wrestle Kingdom, I could see that. But, geez, you know what? You know, I'm the go with Okada. What the hell? Why not? Wow, <laughs> yeah, there it is. Yeah, just go with him. I had Clean a, sweep. a theory. Here's a theory that I have. They really, really... I mean, they're obviously building a company around Okada. Okada wins the G1. He picks Kenny on night one, and then he tells Naito, you want to unify the belts? Let's do it at night two. Oh, how about and that? Then, yeah, then even if Naito... Even if Naito beats him, he can say, well, look, I wrestled Omega the night before. Yeah, and I was beat And up. I won the G1. So really, what does it lose to Okada? Yeah, you know nothing. I mean? I mean, yeah, especially that's, if he clean sweeps the G1, which is the yeah. first time ever, right? Yeah. Yeah, Fujita clean sweeped his block and then lost to Chono in the final. It was like a six-minute final. I was like, what? No, wow. Oh, but, uh, it was basically that. It was like a heavyweight fight, like just two guys dropping bombs. They were yeah. like going for their finishes right out. Right okay, kind of like Brock versus Goldberg. Yeah, that's the only time that anybody's even come close to being undefeated is uh, uh, Fujita swept the um, mm. swept the one block. That was, oh, I have the best that G1 final right Wow. But, I mean, if you're, if, if you're going to have someone clean sweep the block 05. and win the G1, okay, 05, who better than Okada? <laughs> yeah. Suzuki, that's... Oh, yeah, Suzuki comes in, yeah. <laughs> clean sweeps. Okay, so let's get into next 14. This would be Sunday show. Ishii and Yano. I, I, I get... Uh, the fact that Ishii doesn't have any hair, so no hair pulling, is why I'm picking Ishii in this match. <laughs> he, he, st he still might try, you know? Um, I, I think uh, Ishii getting a win, too. Then I'll put him up to eight points still. Don't contention him. That kind of rules out Yana. Yeah, you're in agreement with the rest of us. Juice and Taichi. I can see Taichi winning this. 
But no reason not to get juice. Eight or ten points. I'm coming out hot, so I am picking juice. No, I'm, I'm gonna go with juice too. I think it gives more to juice to win than it does Daichi. Yep. This is a tough one. Ooh, well, it should be a good one. Yep. I mean, no, I'm talking about this next one. Should be a tough one and a good one. Jeff Cobb really coming along. He's got six. Yeah. Goto's got six. I'm picking Goto. Amber agrees with me. Where you at this one? I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go with Goto too. I think he needs a he needs a couple strong wins to finish this out. But I mean, it should be good. I mean, they've had the match of the Never Title before, but this one should be pretty good. I'm gonna go with Goto. No. Now, we talked about how John Moxley hasn't been pinned yet, and Jay White needs all these wins in a row. Jay White, John Moxley, I just think that uh, there's going to be some cheating going on. Oh, yeah. And I think not only does it give Jay White another four, every four wins in a row, but then he gets the drag. He's the first person to get a pinfall victory over John Moxley. I am pretty darn sure Jay White's going to win this if you'll comment about it. I, I'm going to say Jay White's going to win just to keep John Moxley from uh, winning the whole thing here. Because that would put Jay White at six points, right? Or eight? Eight, eight points. Eight. Yeah. And then Moxley would stay at uh, his 12. So, yeah. Ten. I, I, ten, I, ten, 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 ten. Ten. Yeah, ten. Yeah, what am I looking at? I count the yeah, because yeah, yeah, so, I, I think I see how this is playing out. Yeah. So, Naito, Shingo, this should be great. But I think... Uh, Obviously, Naito. Yeah, winner. I mean, you got the LIJ members fighting here. Yeah, Naito, Naito wins this one because I, I have him win the P block. So I think Naito wins from here on out. But this should be really good. And uh, I would say no cheating. The previous match got a ton of cheating, and that's probably how Jay White's going to win. But this one, you know, they don't win. And then at the end, the LIJ makes good, I would think. And they all come out and raise their fist, except for uh, Hiromu. But yeah, we yeah, love Naito. I think somewhere, either after this tournament, or somewhere going into the fall that you're some evil joined Bullet Club. Oh, okay. I, yeah, I can see. They keep mentioning evil breaking away. And, like, it would make no sense if he joins Chaos. I mean, maybe in uh, Suzuki Gun. I don't know. That's already loaded up anyway. Unless there's a totally new group. So, yeah, Bullet Club kind of makes sense. Bullet Club is like, I don't know, lost a lot of steam recently. So, that could help out. Yeah. Okay, we get into Night 15. This is going to be on 8-7. Uh, Sonata, Lance Archer... Why not? Let's get some, let's get some points behind Sonata. I'm, I'm going to go with Sonata, too. Even though that, 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 that he's not going to win, but yeah, Lance Archer already has wins to get some Sonata. Especially if he beats Okada, like you say, and then he uh, you know, wants that title shot. You know, make him look a little strong. Tanahashi and Balak Folly. There's two things about these series of matches. One, they're always entertaining. Two, they do a great job of false finishing countouts. Oh, yeah. Do not be shocked if this one match either ends in a countout or there's a really good false finish on a countout. Uh, I think the ace picks this one's up, this one up, but uh, I would not be shocked to see Balak Folly win this. Yeah, I'm going to go with Tanahashi, too. Just give, give, make him leave the tournament looking strong, get a couple wins. Partner, before I get your pick on this one, me and Amber are split on this one. Will Ospreay, Kenta. Uh, Ospreay needs a win. I got Kenta losing quite a bit in a row. This is a coin flip for me. I think I picked with my heart. I love, don't get around. I absolutely love Will Ospreay. You all know my love for Kenta. Obviously, you know him coming into Ring of Honor and training with me and just being all around awesome guy. So I picked Kenta on this one, but this is a flip of a coin for me. I, I think it's a yeah. Either one can win. I'd be happy with either winning. Obviously, it's not going to affect the outcome of it. But I'm gonna go with Kenta too. Okay, Amber picked Will Ospreay. She's a big chief. Flat out on the Oscars for this. Oh, even over medium. Whoa, uh, how about that? Yeah, terrible. Abushi's Zack Saber Jr. This would be great, but I just Abushi uh, needs to win here. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Abushi too. Wasn't that the finals of the New Japan Cup when Zack Saber won? That was no. I think it was the first round. Oh, was it first round? Well, who did he? Oh yeah, he beat Tanahashi in the finals. That's he right. Beat Tanahashi. Yeah, yeah he, he beat. It was uh, Abushi submitted. 
Tanahashi, Abushi, Naito, and they beat like all the big stars. Yeah, that was that was last year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Okada, Evil. This was a tough one. Amber picked Okada. I think Okada's got to lose too because then he's got Abushi in the final night. Uh, Evil's beat him before. I think Evil gets the win here, but this is another coin flip for me. It is. Remember, Evil beat him what two years ago? Three years ago? Two, two years he ago. He got that title shot. So I don't. I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I, Okada clean sweeping. Uh, my bet man, I'm gonna have to go with Okada. Yeah, you and Amber both sticking with Okada. All right, and we go into a week from today's show, so we'll have to watch this before. When do you leave for the beach? Uh, I leave that Friday night at midnight, so I might. I'll probably be able to get this one in. Yeah, it's in the morning, so we'll, we'll get it in, and then we'll get really be home, so we can we can probably record. No, yeah, yeah, we'll get a show next Friday, so we, yeah, we'll get this. In. Okay. Okay, Yano and Taichi. I tell you, this should be pretty entertaining. Me and Amber both split. She picked Taichi. I picked Yano. Uh, I mean, kind of just throw it up in the air. Yeah, it doesn't really matter who wins this one, but it it should be a funny match. I'm gonna go with Taichi. Let's say Yano does a funny spot with Miho Abe too. Uh, Naito Jeff Cobb should be a good match, but I think this is it's uh, pretty clear where they're going. Yeah, Naito. <laughs> Naito yeah, all the way, which should be pretty good. And Jeff Cobb would uh, really throw him around for Destino. This is, a, this is a tricky one. Again, if Moxley wins, he puts Naito out of the tournament. Now, keep in mind, I'm going to kind of give you a... Uh, keep in mind, the, this is the second to last night for the B Block, where the last night of the B Block, you have Juice and Moxley, you have Naito and Jay White, which I think is going to come down to Naito and Jay White. I really do. I see Moxley losing this one. Uh, this would be a huge... Because they, they, you know, they're building Moxley up. I think this would be a huge win for Goto. To oh, go yeah. competing uh, or red hot John Moxley. I picked Goto. Amber has John Moxley. Who, who, who are you siding with there, I, sir? I kind of think Moxley's win. My finals would be uh, well, finals would be block would be Moxley and Naito again. So, jeez, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Moxley here. But if because that, that's Naito's still in because he he wins his, he'll be at twelve then. No, then, no, that, no. That, that that knocks Naito out. Oh, does it? That okay, knocks, so if yeah, Naito wins. Moxley has a tie. Moxley has a tiebreaker. Oh, because Naito's at six points right now, right? Yeah, so this one and if he would have won the last uh, match in this one, he'd be at 10. He'd be at 8, and this would be at 10, yeah. So okay, yeah, yeah, so then I, I'm going to have to go with Goto winning. So that way Naito's still in it. Let me double check. I think this is, let me make sure my math's right. So going into these last two shows, so it's Naito at 10, uh, Moxie at 10, Naito at 6. So then uh, if he was to win, if he was to beat Shingo and put him at 8, this would put him at 10 and Moxley at 10. So then, yeah, so then what would happen to have to happen? Is either Moxie would have to go to a draw with Juice, which could happen. I see Juice Naito, winning that one, though. Yeah, I see Juice winning it as well, and then Naito would have to beat Jay White. Um, so, speaking of which, we have Jay White and Juice Robinson. Again, I think it's going to come to because it, it's listing the main event of the B block is Jay White and Naito. Okay. So I think that's what it's going to come down to. So I think Jay White picks up the win out here over Juice. Yeah, I'm going to go with Jay White, too. I see Jay White get, uh, finishing the tournament strong and, and getting back into contention to win, win the B block, at least. Now, what's built as the main event, which really, I mean, you can kind of go with any of them. You can go with Naito Cobb, Moxie Goto, Juice, Jay White, and but what's, what's, from what Japan 1970 World's telling me when I wrote these up about three weeks ago, Shingo and Ishii, man, I mean, that might be the best match. Now, granted, it probably doesn't have that much uh, implications on uh, the B-Block, but... Um, Ishii, Shingo... Ishii would be... Uh, if he wins this, he'd be at eight. Well, not counting their match. Yeah. That would put him at 10, so, you know, maybe he's still in it. Who does he have the last night? He's got Tai Chi. Huh. Yeah, so maybe he should. Maybe they could. Maybe the finals is Ishii. Ishii Naito? 
Who knows? They make it a four, make, maybe they make it a Moxley Jew, a Moxley J White Ishii Naito race going in the last night. I can, I can see that. Yeah, because the B block is very even right now. I'm, I'm gonna go with Shingo because Shingo kind of needs to win here, and that would kind of keep Ishii out from winning the, uh, the whole thing. Well, get into the finals. Huh. I'm going to. It should be a good match. Though. It should be a hell of a match. I'm going to take Ishii so this way it gives him a chance because then uh, Naito has a win over Ishii and so does Moxley. And did Jay White wrestle Ishii yet? Yeah, did he? No. Yeah, he lost. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he did. Remember, yeah. he lost in three chaos, guys. Okay, yeah. So so then you kind of throw that in the wrinkle. Yeah, I'm going to take Ishii so uh, you and him both have Shingo. But man, it's, the B block's heating up. But I mean,. Like I said, you look at these last two nights. Uh, I kind of just give a quick preview, and then you know uh, you have Okada. Like look at look at the last night of A Block. You have Okada, Abushi. Yeah, that which, should be awesome. Uh, Tanahashi, Osprey, Saber, no, Kenta, Evil Archer, Fale, Sonata. So it's like really you're kind of just looking at Okada, Abushi, Tanahashi, to see what he does with Osprey. For some reason, I'm thinking Okada's going to drop his next few matches, and then Abushi and Okada is going to go to a drop. Uh, which then maybe gives you the, you know, just the appetizer of what your Tokyo Dome main event could be. And then the B block, like you said, you have Juice and Moxley. Maybe Juice gets his win back, or they go to a time limit draft, so Moxley only gets one point. Uh, Ishii and Taichi, you know, if Ishii wins his next two matches, his Taichi plays spoiler. Cobb and Yano, which it is what it is. Goto and Shingo, which will be all sorts of fun. And then they have it built up as the, uh, the last... The, yeah, Naito J White. Main event is Naito and J White, which is what it could come down to because he's beating over his head. That J White's going to sweep the rest of his block. Now, what if um, they if they did have two guys at equal points? What would they What would they do? It depends on who won their match. Now, for example, like if Okada and Ibushi have the same points and then they go to a draw, mm-hmm. then what do you do exactly? Yeah, because like, yeah, let's say equal, they have, like, like I said, if if, if Naito drops one more match or Moxley wins one more match and, and then they, they tie at the end Moxley wins because Moxley beat Naito in the Oh, that's how they do Okay. That's how they do I was going to say, like, what happens if, if it Moxley ends has. where Naito and Moxley both have 10 points? You know? Yeah, Naito and Moxley have both have 10 points Moxley goes to the final because he, he, he won the tiebreaker. So oh, okay. Okay. That makes yeah, sense. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm saying. If Moxley wins any more matches between now and the final Naito is automatically limited. So say Moxley beats Jay White on uh, Sunday, Naito's gone. It's, and there's still two days, you know, so it's just G1 stuff. So that's why I think Moxley's going to lose the rest of his matches and Naito is going to win the rest of his Yeah, it makes sense to balance it out. Especially, if, yeah, especially going into the last night, the drama of it. Yeah, there's, there's a, a good tag match. Basically, Suzuki Gun versus. Uh, Will Ospreay, Tanahashi, Okada, and Yoshihashi. That, that, that's a hell of a tag match there. It's the Suzuki the gun, Zack Sabre, really Lance Archer, Suzuki, of course, and Kanemaru. Yeah, some of the tag matches are very entertaining. It looks like they're building. It looks like they're setting up. Or I don't know if they're going to do it on the Destruction Tour or Power Struggle, but it looks like they're setting up. They're definitely setting up a Rocky Romero J White match. Yeah, that's yeah, because they keep teasing towards that. That may even be on uh, J White doesn't make it to the finals, which Andrew is J White going to the finals, and it's possible. Um, that could be, even be as soon as the G1 final uh, hmm. show. Yeah. It looks like they're doing a, um, a Honda uh, Ishii or um, Suzuki. It looks like they're kind of when they're doing the tag matches, they kind of put those two together. They kind of have to go at them a little. They don't give us everything. Yeah, and then then we got the Super J Cup coming up. I mean, that's all the juniors, and that's the California shows. And then there's that Royal Quest show that's in London, and then it's that, the destruction. So. 
lot of good things. A lot of good things. But uh, that's, I think, uh, no, it's got anything else, partner. You ready to wrap this baby up? Yeah, that's about it for, for this week. For episode 60, how about that? The big 6 0. Yeah. We made it. We made it. And then, yeah, with, with, by this time next week, we'll kind of have a clear, clear cup of that E block still. Just, you know, you really could be down to five people. And the A block looks like it'll be down to Tanahashi, Okada, and Ibushi. So I think we'll mostly everybody else is eliminated. But, uh, really ramping up. It's got a lot of people guessing, a lot of speculation on what's, what's going to happen. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing anybody uh, really winning it. I would say I don't I don't want to see John Moxley winning it. Busted his ass to get there. So. Yeah, I mean, and Moxie versus Okada if he wins, or, or uh, Bushi, that's, that's a hell of a final. Yeah, either way, either way. But if you guys want to get a hold of me, you know, talk about the G1, uh, talk about, you know, whatever. Um, talk about 5% nutrition supplements. Hello, there you go. Use code F Turner, save yourself 10%. Uh, just look me up on the Instagram and or the Twitter of Matt underscore Turner 10. And next weekend, I will be at PQW. Usually, Andy Headers at PQW. Yeah, but I'll be at the beach, and I make my PQW debut. The Mall in Steamtown. The Mall in Steamtown. Yeah. Back in my Mall uh, stomping grounds. And I will say this uh, this will not be my first physical confrontation at the Mall in Steamtown. <laughs> uh, I've been into a few scraps uh, in uh, the uh, Mall in Steamtown. That's quite funny. a bit. Yeah, as. Uh, as a youngin, so yeah. it's uh, it, it's but, my, my first scrap. That, that's some, but it is PPW's first time at uh, a mall steam town, so that's pretty cool. I'll, uh, sad I miss it, but I'll be on my way. I'll actually be at the beach, so and we're leaving Friday night, so to, yeah. Be so, yeah, so sometimes you miss shows, but hey, it's okay. <laughs> Where can they find you, sir? Maybe you want to find me on Facebook and or the Instagram. Just search for my name, Andy Hitter, and I'll come right up. Real easy. So, and then I'll just plug my other podcast i help out and take part in the tornado tag podcast and that's also a youtube show so it's like a little bit of both and then not cool in high school where we talk about all kinds of dorky stuff too and that's also on youtube or any podcast thing you know anchor or whatever itunes spotify however you find a podcast you can find those too and that's about it for plugging this week i have no shows coming up till the 25th when we're back at back or uh, not back we're back at true wrestling it's for a fight for a miracle so until then, thank you for listening to episode 60, The Big 6-0, which I'll probably just call it The Big 6-0. We'll see you next time.